What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hammy downloads. Hammy, hammy! Thanks for uh, thanks for making the uh, last uh, I guess thirty six hours one of the most uh, listened to uh, couple of days in ham history. What what do you think the reason was, guy? Our scalding hot takes. Yeah, I mean we we got takes, we got opinions. Could it be just our talent, or do you think it was an event? I think uh, I think the Niners are good for business, John. I think Haberman. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna live by this credo What's that? Uh, the rest of my my sport talking life is that the Bay California and we'll just say West Coast because I think Seattle the Seahawks fall under that now nobody we can support a winner with the fucking Yankee fans oh, and the Eagle fans nobody and I repeat nobody ignores a loser like us out West though. oh yeah oh, nobody yeah. and trust me I mean I I have a unique perspective having lived just that year in Philly when things yeah. were going bad, and I just remember the radio was actually really good. I, it was explosive. I yeah. personally like explosive kind of negative East Coast radio when shit's going wrong, but out here we just we don't do that. No, no. I because I, uh, we I think we just have a lot more casual sports fans. I, I think clearly people like sports a lot. I mean, the Niners are one of the biggest brands in NFL history. Would you say the Lakers definitely are the biggest mm-hmm. brand in NBA history? The Dodgers and Giants are fucking powerhouses. I'd say Lakers. Uh, I, I think yeah, Lakers are bigger. Okay. You can say the Knicks, but they never win. Were you going right. to say the Celtics? I my first reaction was Celtics, and then I was going to say they just don't have Knicks. the people. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, man. Like, I, do, I, uh, do you remember how cool USC football was with Pete Carroll? I do. Did you ever I, go to a USC game uh, during their heyday? Not that. Not during the heyday. No. You went to practice, though, didn't you, a couple times? I did to go see David Osbury, former remember, Raider. You remember how sweet the practices it was, were? It was awesome. <laughs> uh, you know what I remember about the practices? I'm glad you meant that, brought this up. I, I went down like a day trip to do a story on David Osbury. and Repo- uh, Reporting live. And it was just like all the people that were just at practice. Like you just, everyone was just, there was a rope and just people just hang out at practice. The best part 
was, as you know, and people who've been there know, there was the the the, the diving boards. Like the dive yeah. team is right behind one of the goalposts, mm-hmm. and like the divers would be up there on the high dive, like yelling at. I just remember them yelling at Pete, like Pete, and Pete would like wave. <laughs> And then they do like a triple let's or something. It was like before, you know, like they were warming up and the football team was warming up. Yeah, it's uh, it was it was special. When, when it happens out here, it's special, you know, because the people just come out in waves. Everyone likes being associated with a winner. Yeah, right? I mean, I think what the West, the, what makes the West Coast hard when you're bad is that the West Coast takes pride in not being like uh, dependent on something and not being dependent on sports. Yeah, like we're above it, you know. Unless it's cool. And then if it's cool, it's cool. But if it's bad, like, I'm not going to, like, basically screw you. Like, give me a yeah, reason. I got, like, I got I'm, other I'm shit. Not ty- I'm not tying my wagon to fucking Jim Tom Sula. Nope. Not me. So like Frank McCord, nah, he's robbing. Nope. Not me. Maybe <laughs> they, it's that there's, like, more disposal. Like, you can, well, I don't think every every place has rich. I, I think it's like you can see it kind of happening potentially with Gabe Kapler. It just, once you become kind of toxic, and toxic might even be too strong. I just mean once you kind of head down a path that people don't like to be associated, like back, in, like well, I'll just use. I think Philly. it's a simple. Giant, are you cool? If you're not yeah. good, then you're not cool. And if you're not cool, then I got other shit to do. Yeah, it's movie stars in L.A. and up here, it's like the tech. It's just, it's, be cool. but, but it's just you know, it's nice out and it's whatever. It's a little chilly out right now. It is a little chilly out right now. But you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, we we have it's nice all the time. Well, the Southern California weather is perfect up here. We're just we're we're normal. You know, climate, right? Right. Like, John, I'm going to Pullman on Saturday. It's 35 and snowing. Yeah, fuck that. <laughs> like, that's on the West Coast. Well, I remember when uh, when I when I got my map. Like, you know, you got to hit Montana. And I was lucky they didn't have any prospects. And I remember Anthony Patch, who was our college director, was like, you want to make sure that you schedule that probably before mid-October. Don't even begin to mess with after November. It was Pullman, and they didn't have any players there either. So, and I, you know, it's a different world. My my entire like, I remember November was all fucking Vegas and Southern California and Arizona. But you can't. I was lucky. I got to dictate it because of where the players were. Some years, I mean, now that Washington's good, you got to spend Washington State. You got to spend a lot of time up there. Yeah. Well, you know, he's going to be there Saturday. Clay Thompson. You know what story I heard about Clay? So they're retiring Clay's number one on Saturday. Is that what he wore in college? He wore number one, and um, you know he was a freshman. And you guys will probably have him on the broadcast, and I would imagine. We, we, right? Yeah, we will. Yeah. And uh, he was a freshman, and he wanted to wear number one, and this other freshman wanted to wear number one. And so after open gym, one of the assistants was like, "Why don't you guys play for it?" Like, fine. Clay is down. They're playing to eleven. Clay oh, is that? Is he didn't. He got. He would have been lucky if they said shoot for it. Yeah. No, it was play for it. And Clay's <laughs> down ten to two. What are they playing to? Eleven. What do you do? Came, came back. back. It's ten ten. Ball Can gets loose in two? the corner. No, straight up. Ball gets loose in the corner. Clay loses his dribble. Like tra- tracks it down, but doesn't have his dribble. So the guy is like trapped him in the corner. Clay just turns around and buries it from the corner with the dude right in his face for the number. I mean that that was a symbolic moment in young Clay Thompson's career that would lead to like how many times has he done that? In the biggest stage. Well, I, exactly. I was thinking OKC. <laughs> well, isn't that kind of a shot? It is. OKC. And then remember the craziest to me, Shai, one of the craziest ones. Remember that corner three he hit against the Kings when yeah, he had when 38 he had 30, points in yeah. a quarter? Yeah. He He's done that to me. Like when they are just in their peak shitting on people, 
he'd hit a line. I'm like, oh, oh, oh. He's just like, what are you even doing? Just one footed in the corner. I know. Yeah, that's like his, to me, that's kind of his, when I think Clay, obviously the release, but I think kind of just doesn't need foot set or anything. As long as the hands are up and you feed it to him, it doesn't matter where he's at, especially the corner. Like the Warriors now, I've watched probably less than two hours worth of Warriors basketball this year. I've seen multiple times from the corner humans that you'll never hear of after this season because they won't be in the league. Hit the side of the fucking backboard guy. I've seen that happen twice in Warriors game. Hit the side of the backboard. Clay, Clay and Steph get nothing but net. They hit the side of the backboard. It's like, yeah, I can't. I, I see why ratings are down 200%. Like, no one can watch this. You can't go from Clay Thompson. It'd be like going from Cindy Crawford to just a two. I mean, it just got to be like, what is going on here? Luckily, the Niners are good. That's right. Uh, keep reviewing the pod, sharing it. I mean, you guys are doing that. We appreciate it. And uh, we also appreciate our sponsors, John, like... Ashford University, ashford.edu slash ham. You ready to go get your degree online, John? Graduate degree, um, your master's, ashford.edu slash ham. That's the way to go. Guy, I challenge you to get a master's. Uh, ch- chase intellectual greatness. Okay. Uh, come, come join me with this master's degree that I got up in the corner of my office. <laughs> Uh, I know a lot of people, I know you and I have mutual friends that have done it online, uh, master's degrees, MBAs. The great part about this program, Guy, is you don't need to take the GRE or GMAT, uh, something I had to take at Fresno State, yet it's a, this university, Ashford, is accredited. Uh, it's convenient and flexible is the key. Online master's degree program allow you to learn at your own pace because most people are, you know, are in the real world. They got families. They got jobs. You can study whenever you're most comfortable learning. It really doesn't get any better than that. I would have thrived in this environment. Uh, get ready to grab new opportunities, guys. Start your master's degree today. Enroll now by going to ashford.edu slash ham. That's ashford.edu slash ham to start your master's degree today. Ashford.edu slash ham. There you go. And like John said, I think it's worth repeating. The GRE, GMAT, other standardized test scores not required for enrolling at Ashford University. So flexible, earn the degree on your own time. Plus, Ashford University also offers up to 90 transfer credits if you started but never finished. Uh, you can kind of jump in mid, uh, midstream, so to speak. So, new opportunities, ashford.edu slash ham. That's ashford.edu slash ham. Enroll now. Start your master's degree today, ashford.edu slash ham. You a big standardized test taker? Because I'm not. No. Podcast also brought to you by... DraftKings. I got to put out a game. Yes, you do. DraftKings app. Do that today. Use the code HAM for a limited time. Both new and existing users can get a bonus deposit up to 500 bucks on your next deposit. I'm going to put out a game right now. Download the DraftKings app. I'll do it after we record this podcast. Uh, use the promo code HAM. You obviously can play a ton of other games as well. I love Daily Fantasy. It's simple. You just draft your lineup, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Nothing adds to the sweat of watching the game quite like having a free shot. You can enter these games with shots at $750,000 with your first deposit. They don't, you, you don't put in $750,000. You can put up to $5, but you can get in games that you can win the prizes up to that level. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing users can get a deposit bonus. $500, guy. That's some extra cash to play with uh, throughout the playoffs. Download the DraftKings app right now. Use the promo code HAM. For a limited time, both new and existing users can get deposit bonus up to $500. 
$500, guy. Pretty great. Uh, minimum $5 deposit required. Deposit bonus, if you accept, requires 25-time playthrough. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Like I know promo, code, promo code ham. Promo code ham. Promo code ham. You got to get that game in, John, so I can enter it before I go to the state of Washington. Oh, yeah. I'll do that. I'm going to do it today. I got stuck one time. I, bought, I, I was in, in the shower last night kind of thinking like my lineup. Yeah. Because there's only four teams left. There's obviously, you know, what do they tell, like, uh, the Rolling Stones play the hits? It's pretty mm-hmm. clear, like, there's a couple hits with the, with the like, I would imagine a lot of people are going to choose Derrick Henry, right? <laughs> or fucking George Kittle or Mahomes. But I, I've, I've thought of some guys off the beaten path. Okay. I got some ideas. Don't share. Don't share. No, I won't. Uh, all right, John. Here we are, midweek, one day closer, a couple days closer. Packers, 49ers, Aaron Rodgers, um... I, for one, this, it's a short week. This isn't like the Super Bowl. So it's not two weeks of Rodgers got screwed. What's he got to prove? So I don't mind that storyline because I think it's a really cool story. Not because he grew up, wanted to be a Niner fan, told Dennis O'Donnell they were going to regret it, all that stuff, right? You're saying got screwed because they didn't draft him? Yeah, like two weeks of Super Bowl, that might have worn me out. But I don't mind this story because it's a real thing. Cause it, mattered it, it, did happen. it did it happen. It happened. Yeah, it happened. And... Um, the fact is, he's got. We talk about him like he's one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time because he is. But he's got one Super Bowl, and you know we were talking earlier like who's got the most to gain here: the Niners, the Packers, Rogers, Jimmy, Kyle. Would you say Rogers has the most to gain of of all the interested parties? I think by far, and I go back to Peyton Manning, and we watched his entire career. I think most people view him as like a fringe top five quarterback ever. And I get Marino didn't win one. But beside a couple teams, it doesn't quite feel like Marino ever played on the stack teams that Peyton Manning did. And even Aaron Rodgers did, guy. For a long period of time, from about 09 to 14, the Packers consistently had one of the best teams in the league. And they only won one Super Bowl, and he was arguably the best player in the league. And I think we do this with Drew Brees. Like, I love Drew Brees. I was probably higher on him than you. I actually think you were kind of right. Like... Every time he's been exposed the last couple of playoffs, you're just watching him like, he's just not good enough for how we talk about him. And Rodgers, I think we all agree, he's one of the unique talents we've ever seen. You, we were texting during Mahomes' game. You're like, God, he's fucking doing Mahomes shit. Like, that's, that's, that's a compliment. You know, I mean, that's, he's a special, special player. I, I was, my first year in Philly was the year they won the Super Bowl. We actually played him twice, played him to open up the season. Uh, kind of changed our season because the Clay Matthews knocked out Kevin Cobb. Michael Vick became the starter. We won the division. We hosted them. They were the sixth seed. People forget, the year they won the uh, Super Bowl, we were the three. They were the six. They went on this kind of magical Eli run. Then they had, I think the next season or two years from then, yeah, it was the next season. They went 15-1. and one. They, they had then a two, three-year run, and then the Harbaugh started kicking their ass. Their teams were better, guy. That team that won the Super Bowl had a bunch of injuries. That's what's kind of crazy about this guy's career. It's like he's been in the peak of his powers. He could never get quite over the top. And two, they've made the playoffs what? Just off the top of my head, it feels like six or seven times in the last eight years. They missed it, obviously, the two years with McCarthy. But basically, every other year, they were in the playoffs from 09 to, or may have been 10 to 15. And then they missed it 16, 17. McCarthy lost his job. Or maybe 17, 18. McCarthy didn't coach this year. So he's been in the mix and only been to two conference championship games. What I think is unique about this situation, 
because we can nitpick all the other situations. That Harbaugh team that beat them twice was pretty fucking good. It's not like, you know, this this gritty group of, of fighting Harbaugh's with uh, Willis and Bowman and, and Alden and Kaepernick and Crabtree and Vernon Davis and Frank Gore and you body. I mean, these are, <laughs> the teams were stacked. Honestly, the Niners were probably better. Like, the, they were, I don't know. We'd have to go look who was, like, the betting favorite. Uh, maybe the Packers were that second time right because it was in Lambeau and the Niners. Were, but it was. If you get the Niners an underdog, that was a good underdog team. Yeah. This, to me, like, they are the legit underdog in this. I told you before we hit record, like, it's a little different. I would say LeBron's accomplished more, but it's different in basketball. If, if Rodgers was an NBA player, he'd probably have more than one championship because he would have been, like, the LeBron of the league or Steph. This is a big moment, like, where you get to come in and just empty the clip when no one's really expecting you to win. And there are some parallels to the year when LeBron upset the Warriors. Like, there wasn't a soul that thought they could win. And then they obviously, it's different basketball because there's a series, but I don't think, I, 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 and rightfully so, like, the Warriors were better. But fucking LeBron figured it out, and they won the championship. It's one of the greatest championships you'll ever see. Also, some critical things happened, right? No, I know, but that doesn't that usually have to happen for a big underdog? Like, if I tell you Rodgers beats him, and I go, well, George Kittle sprained his ankle really bad. He couldn't walk in the first series. Yeah. You'd be like, Or Nick Bosa got hurt. Like, I, I, it's just, hey, hey, you hey. either win or um, you lose. But you know what I'm saying? Like, if he wins this game, it would be one of the biggest wins of his career. It might be the second best win of his career non-Super Bowl. Would you agree with that? The second best win of his career, non-Super Bowl? Because the NFC Championship game, if you remember, that he won. Remember Cutler was like sick or something on the sideline? Remember that weird game yeah. when Cutler was on the sideline with the coat? Uh-huh. And the Bears team. Like, that that win, I would say this win would be better than that win. And that's easily the second biggest, biggest win of his career, given what it led him to the Super Bowl, right? This would yeah. be more impressive. Yeah. Because this mean, Niner team is better than that Bears team. It is. And I know I saw... Uh, Monday, somebody said if the Niners and Chiefs like, played, the Chiefs would be a one-point favorite. Um, what would, that would the Chiefs-Packers be? Uh, I mean, I would think it would be Chiefs favored by... Six? Seven, yeah, I was going to say seven and a half. I don't know. But um, I think part of the reason you're right about the Rodgers aspect of it, first of all, the best thing that happened for the 49ers in that Vikings game after the fact was that there are all the questions going in about Quan Alexander and D Ford and Kwaski Tart. All those guys played. They all impacted the game, and they all made it to Monday, Sunday and Monday healthy. Right here we are, middle of the week, and they're health. And the Niners are healthy. Like they played them, and I thought one of those three guys come next week. Just it's going to be the same thing again, right? Is Quan able to go again, or can D Ford strap? Like, Tart. I would. I would have bet. I would have bet his hammy pulled again if yeah. I was a betting man. So you could have uh, got his hammy pulled again for. It, it would have been uh, you would plus have got non hammy pull for about yeah plus five hundred. Um, so that's the first thing, right? Is that he's not at least as we enter the week playing the shorthanded version of the Niners. He's playing the great version of the Niners. And then I think the second thing is this: Can he lo- he look older to you? Just his face a little bit, or is it just the beard? Who Rogers? He just kind of looks noticeably uh. older. Like, when I look at him, I just see, kind yeah. of see an old guy. Yeah. Like I'm 35, he's 35. I feel like he looks five years older than me. Yeah, you, you've uh, removed the stresses of the NFL from your life. Yeah, that part. But I'm just, he just looks, 
No, you know, I like, know. But he's always you know looked saying? a little old. Uh, yeah, I think he's always had like a an older air about him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah maybe that's um and the way, you know, he's so deliberate, like he 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 only cracks a smile when he feels like it. He love I love kind of his non-smiling humor. I actually entertains me. But kind of like how he's talking shit about the people talking shit about him even though he doesn't really know who those people are. Yeah, well like for example, when Aaron Andrews asked Aaron about the Niners, he was like I'm just focused on today. But then what did he say? He's like, I was really happy for Jimmy Graham because he used to be a Seahawk. And like we were able to, you know, for Jimmy to kind of beat that team. It's kind of to me, he's kind of saying like we've we got receipts like, he know, like he's not hiding from the fact that this Niners thing is a thing. And when you say, though, that like Drew Brees doesn't act like that. And I'm not saying it's right. I, I don't mind it. I'm not I'm not taking a shot at Rodgers at right. all. But he is. Breeze isn't like, I hope that Dolphins team doctor that told Nick my shoulder wasn't... Yeah, I, I feel like Rodgers by far, even Brady's really, really mellowed out on it. He kind of, every once in a while, like I, I ran into this clip that I had Instagrammed last year when they won the AFC Championship game. Like, nobody believed in us. I think, Tom, fuck, I mean, give me a break. But Rodgers has specific things. Like, nobody thought the wide receiver coach could coach. It's like, Aaron, what are you talking about? But he, you're right, and that's like I don't think Jimmy will ever act like that, right? It's just not the way his personality is, which I think actually makes Rodgers a pretty fun guy to talk about. It makes him kind of interesting. Now his game's really interesting, but his personality. Wouldn't you argue his game doesn't really match his personality? Because <laughs> he is kind of like an artistic freelancer. He's kind of if you just watched him play, because like when you texted me, he's like Mahomes. It's just like you gotta let the artist paint. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's like people often text me like, "Does it, does Mahomes drive Andy nuts?" I'm like, honestly, I think Andy probably his greatest strength is he's 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 kind of an artiste as well. Like, I think he kind of likes that shit. Now, I'm sure specific things he's supposed to do when he no look passes and he throws a pick, yeah, it's gonna drive him nuts. But I think he kind of not every coach could handle that. Where I think Rodgers, if you just watch them play, you go, this guy's just like a free spirit hippie. And then you and then you see him, you're like, he's just kind of angry, chip on his shoulder, fucking intellectual. You know, he's where you see Mahomes, he kind of talks and acts like last night. He's just tweeting about the national championship. He's just a free loving guy. He plays like he talks. Where Rogers is kind of like two humans because you just watch him and you know nothing about him. He'd be like everyone's favorite player again, you know, for like the last eight or nine years because he was remarkable. I mean, remarkable, right? Like when that's why I compare it to LeBron. People around here talk shit about LeBron, but there's not a sports fan worth their fucking salt that wouldn't go, yeah, he's the second best player I've ever seen, if you're our age. Like, it's not even close. There's Michael than him. I don't count Larry and there's a little before us. I go post-Michael. Like, he's way better than Kobe. He's more impactful than Duncan. You can give me the championship. He's a better player. Like, you just can't argue that. Like, you watch Aaron Rodgers over the years. How many times have you just been sitting there on a Sunday afternoon when they're playing the Bears or playing the Cowboys and you're just, like, in his peak? This guy's fucking incredible. And he used to have, and that's what makes this weekend hard for him. Part of the reason he was incredible, they did a good job of Donald Driver, Greg Jennings, Jordy Nelson. Remember when they took Jordy Nelson the first round? People were like, K-State, white guy, what? And they were just always reloading. And it actually turned out to be smart. They always wanted him to have a loaded gun. And he was just throwing darts to all these guys. Then they get Devontae in the second round, who fell to them. And he was... It'd be like, yeah, Steph Curry really cooked once he got Clay, Kevin, and he's just unstoppable. And that's what Aaron was. Where I think that's why he's a huge underdog. You go, does he? He's older now. 
it would really add to his legend guy because you, anyone that knows this shit go, he's got one elite weapon who's an elite player in Devontae. But then it's like Aaron Jones, Lazardi. I don't know, I can't I never get that guy's name right. Like you said, a, uh, the seven name guy, Lazardo, Valdez, Scar- Scatling. Like who are that? That ain't you. You remember like Donald Driver and Greg Jennings were legit. You know, Jordy Nelson Lizard, was a yeah. Jordy Nelson was a baller. Like, baller. They always had running backs. I feel like Jordy Nelson... Yeah, guy, when they kicked our ass in Philly the second time, they had Starks, who was this tall, long... He was like their third stringer because they had a couple injuries. They were they were good. I mean, they just had offensive weapons everywhere. Even the one guy that ended up hating Rodgers. forget his name. The tight end, Jamichael Finley. Remember, for a split second, it was like, God, this guy's like, this guy is Jimmy Graham before Jimmy Graham. Then he got hurt and turns out he hated Rodgers. That's that's an elephant in the room too. Like some of these guys leave, and it's like Greg Jennings hates him. You know, uh, feels like Jordy likes him. Obviously, Devontae likes him when he's playing with him, and Aaron throws him the ball a lot. Would Devontae like him as much if they had three other guys and he was getting you know sixty five catches, not as hundred? Yeah, I. But I, I think Devontae is a good team. He'd be fine. But you I, know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, I to, to go back to the. I do know what you're saying, and I think you're right, and I think he's scary enough. Devante that he can create a lot of problems. I um, but I I think the reason there's so much upside to this game for Rodgers is because of how we think it would have to look in order for the Packers to win. They don't have the better football team. Um, they don't. So what would it look like? Like that, but I, their defense could create problems for Jimmy. Yeah, uh, look, I'm not saying they're not good. I'm just saying for the second week in a row, the 49ers are the better football team. That's why it would be an upset if the 49ers lost the game. I mean, they won the first game in a bloodbath, a complete ass-kicking. Um, so I think, don't you think for Rodgers to win this game, it would be in part, now maybe it's Jimmy throwing two picks and the pack, maybe that's that's a part of it. But I still think it's Rodgers is going to have to beat a really good defense. And for him to do that, which he's capable of, it would kind of look like one of those classic Rodgers games, I think. Did you see, who was it? Someone last night tweeted Joe Burrow's game log. It might have been like Joe Klatt. And it was like, you just look at the numbers. You're just like, Jesus Christ. I think his lowest touchdown pass in a game was like three. The, the most games were four, five, and six. I just pulled up Aaron Rodgers' season. And in his peak, you know, he was throwing close to 40 touchdowns. And he, he was pretty potent, like three to four touchdowns, I'd say half the games. He has one game that really stood out, and that's the Raider game. Remember when he just went. Like, that to me was vintage. I'm the best fucking player in the world. Like, what did LeBron say when they interview him? Like, I'm LeBron. I'm the best player in the world. Like, that's that game. But he was playing the Raiders. Really guy. He threw four touchdowns against the Giants uh, at the in early December. Now, the Giants had one of the worst defenses in the league. When you look at most of his game log, like the Vikings, two touchdowns. Bears, touchdown. I'm just looking at decent defenses. Uh, the Chiefs, he kind of lit them up, three touchdowns in that night game. The Chargers, that was when they, remember, they had the shitty game, and he kind of called out the team. They went to L.A. a day early. He's like, yeah, I don't know if we were really focused as much, kind of as passive-aggressive. Like, so you're saying we're guys fucking around, or are you just going to go LeBron here? He's got a little LeBron quality to him, right? He'll just say some things. You're like, well, are you calling your teammate shitty, or are you just, is that, what, what are you saying here? <laughs> He's good at that. I mean, that's, I'd say, one of his defining characteristics. That's why he's kind of a polarizing player. But my, I'm talking more tangibly. 
I think it is fair to say, and I'm not like I'm not anti Rodgers or whatever. He's not the same guy, and part of that, I think, gets back to what I was saying about this personnel is no longer as potent. Like if if he had Devonte Adams and Michael Thomas, like would his would he instead of 26 touchdowns would he have 35? Probably right. Or Mike Evans, or he mm-hmm. just had another sweet dude. Mm-hmm. Or Jimmy Graham of five years ago. Like the Jimmy Graham he has right now in NFL circles kind of gets made fun of. And I'm not talking Twitter circles. I'm talking like when I text my buddies. You know, like ask Richard Sherman and Michael Bennett. Remember when they got Jimmy Graham? They're like, uh, can we delete all of our tweets about the guy? Uh, John? <laughs> <laughs> so it's just, I, I'm i going to defend him that way if his team is just not quite as, but like I thought just on Sunday afternoon, especially earlier in the game, like he was in complete control. I don't know how where you fall on that, but I like, like he he was pretty locked in. Like yeah. they came out swinging. They were and, and that's why, nothing. like we talk about whether he's still the same guy, or whatever. I I just think he still got it in him. Like, I think he still got the, it in him. He's still good yeah, enough quarterback to win a Super Bowl. Now is he good enough around him? That's the question. I I know this, and again, I'm selfish because it would be a much cooler thing. I want the Niners to win on Sunday. I hope it's like 38-35. He has four or five touchdowns. Like he's awesome. If you told him, me that's that would from a Niners perspective that would concern me a little. Right? You say they probably lose if he has one of the best games of his last couple of years. Uh, no, I mean it's just your margins are thin. Now it's got to look like that Saints game. Now which Jimmy I think, has to match. Yeah, you know, Jimmy has Jimmy, to match. I think, it. and you know, I, I think Jimmy's capable. I think Kyle is capable. I think their defense, like it's all, they're all capable. But you're, now your margins are really thin, and that guy I just, just might I, make I, a play. I, I just don't know if they're potent enough to do that guy. I'm just let me just Who? read off the Packers. You're saying you don't think the the Packers are potent enough to do that? Yeah, post the Raider game where they scored 42 points. Here are their next just their their points. Okay. 30, 31 against the Chiefs. 11 against the Chargers, 24 against the Panthers, 8 against the Niners, 31 against the Giants. Then this is their last four stretch like the last quarter of the season, Redskins, Bears, Minnesota, Detroit. 20, 21, 23, 23. And that, once they entered the playoffs, that's why I think a lot of people were like, are they just good enough on offense? They're just not. They were playing non-playoff teams, and they weren't really getting it done. But, like, for example, they beat the Vikings, that second to last, the last Monday Night Football game, 23 to 10, when they kind of make her cousins look shitty. Like, he didn't throw a touchdown or whatever. I remember watching his press conference, like, the next day. It got retweeted on my timeline. And he's like, this is why, like, I feel I played one of the best games of the season against that team in Minnesota. We had a plan. I executed it. We executed it as an offense. Like, it couldn't have been any better. We kicked their ass. But if you just look at my box score, I threw for, you know, 200 yards, didn't throw a touchdown. You'll be like, oh, it's a bad Aaron Rodgers. I don't feel that way. And it was like, you know, he kind of has a point. Like, that's back to, like, he did exactly what they had to do. They won by double digits against a fucking playoff team. Against a playoff team that won a playoff game, right? So yep. in his mind, like we kicked their ass. That's that's where I think sometimes football can turn into basketball. Like sometimes we lose sight of this. It's about winning and losing. Like that's the fucking end. Res- that's that's what the whole point of this shit is for: winning and fucking losing. And for the, I mean, his entire career, he's a winner. Now he's lost some. This is a game that. He, he's going to go down as an all-time great. He's a borderline. I mean, I don't even think he's borderline. When you're considered a top 10 quarterback, you're a fucking legend, especially when you factor in he replaced Brett Favre and was arguably better. So 
his legacy, kind of like LeBron before he won the second title, was pretty established as just like. But imagine, John, if he were to but, win the Super Bowl, what it would have to look like, right? If he'd have to beat the Chiefs, in theory, in some 35-32 Super Bowl or something like that. I know this guy. I think he'd have a legit argument. He beats Kyle Shanahan in this Niner team, and then he goes and beats Mahomes and Andy Reid. Like, how do you argue Peyton Manning's a better player than him, for example, if we're sitting at a bar? Like, I'd have a pretty good argument saying Rodgers, peak Rodgers, better. He's got two Super Bowls where he carried them. Right? I mean, Peyton didn't do that. Now, he's got two Super Bowls, too. But, like, then we'd start nitpicking the Super Bowls. Yeah. But I, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's – you can't have that argument now. I don't think anyone would listen and be like, Peyton Manning's career is better well, than Well, yeah, I think now, the argument Aaron is just becomes – Aaron's the most – is he the most talented quarterback of all time? Right? That's, no, but, I, but that, that's the argument yeah, yeah, no, right that's now. What I'm but saying. I'm saying he, he, he throws this in – like, he, he beats the Niners, then he goes beats the Chiefs. It's no longer, like – no, he's look at check out his career record, right? How many playoff? I mean, he's already got ten playoff victories. He just had another one. That's probably eleven. Yeah, you maybe, might be right maybe, about that. I, I don't think, in just popular kind of casual opinion, he'll he'll pass Peyton. But you know what I I'm do. saying? I, I think it would start becoming a discussion because he still have a couple years left. What if he makes a couple more playoff runs? That's a good part about him. Like his story is not complete. Peyton's is obviously yeah. over. And, and, and not only is it not complete, he's now has a pretty good opportunity of, to me, when you win as an underdog, especially a Super Bowl, like that's why I defend Eli in the sense of like, yeah, you know, his career is a little underwhelming. But those two years as underdogs both runs every fucking game. And to have his touchdown to pick ratio, it's like, it's harder to do it as an underdog. Like, if your one major came against beating Tiger, if Rocco had beat Tiger, Rocco's one U.S. Open is worth, like, five majors. So it's just, he, he's got a lot on the line of just, of the sports talk resume builder. Like this now, is I, a LinkedIn, LinkedIn resume builder here. The, the counter to that is the, the fact that Aaron Rodgers only has one Super Bowl is the reason that, you can't look at the Niners and say, well, they don't have, you know, w- win or lose, they'll be right back in this spot again for many years to come, which is what we think because we think very highly of Kyle and highly of Jimmy and, you know, uh, their defensive talent and all that. But you just never, right now, I think they've been the best team in the NFL that's still standing, right? Now that the Ravens are out, you before you could argue they were the best team in the league over the course, over the duration of the season. But of the four teams left, the 49ers have spent more of this season as the best team in the NFL than any of the other three teams. So when you're the best team in the NFL left, even though I know they wouldn't be favored against the Chiefs, whatever, but when you are very, you could very well be the best team, you might never again be the best team in the NFL by the time we get to the final four. Like this might be there. For all we know, this is the Niners' best shot. We Time will tell, John, but... That might be what it is. And so I don't think we can look well, at it well, like well, it's I don't think all, it's all gravy for them either. Well, I don't think it's arguable that it doesn't get any better. You're favored by seven points, and you are already favored over both teams. So you are you are the best team left, according to all the metrics, right? Like that's not it – could, it could be the same, but it's never going to be better. Maybe you could be a five-point favorite in the, of your potential Super Bowl 
Right? Like, how does it get any better than this? Yeah, maybe two, three years from now, Jimmy's just better. and But whatever. Maybe your, the players around him aren't as good. But yeah, but what if the other teams sure. are just as yeah. good? No, exactly. Right? Like, what if Mahomes' is, what if Mahomes's team is equally as sweet and, like, Lamar's learned to, like, now Lamar is a sweet third-down passer as well? You, you just never know. Like, this is – it doesn't get any – I'm with you. It does not get any better of an opportunity right now than for the 49ers. They're hosting. They, they, guy, they may never host the. They might win two Super Bowls after this one, like whether they win or lose this. But let's say Kyle wins two more in the next five years, they might not host the NFC Championship game either one of those years. Right? You just say like, look at the Chiefs. It took the Baltimore Ravens getting upset as a ten point favorite by the Tennessee fucking Titans for them to host the thing, and it also took New England. Think about this. It took New England losing to Miami Week Seventeen. For it all to play out. Like, it just took some crazy events for them to end up at the two seed. And then New England got knocked out by the Titans. And the Titans ended up having to go to Baltimore. It just kind of worked out. Now, Andy would say, well, I've had some years where it's like, shit didn't go my way either. Like, the year the Titans beat me in the first round of the playoffs. You just never know. Like, you just lose players in the middle of a playoff game. Weird shit happens all the time. I I, I think this is... This is the best situation for Rodgers in terms of legacy to build it on, and this by far is as good of a situation as you can as, ever ask for as a Niner fan, like you're, the way your team is set up to host this thing and then to be a favorite in the Super Bowl. Now, you could argue, like, do they deserve to be a favorite against the Chiefs? I, I'd say it probably should be a pick em, right? I mean, this guy's defending MVP of the league. Their offense is historically good when it's on, but the team has been better. So, yeah, I, I got no problem them being the favorite. Andy's just seen way more than Kyle. Yeah, I, I mean, just I'm not saying he's bad. Like, I'm just trying to think of the answer. Do they deserve to be favored against the Chiefs? Um, I think based on the body of work in 2019, uh, yeah, yes. I, I would agree with that. But they, they, but you agree, you agree, like if you just but it would feel if you told me like Niners or underdogs, I'd be like, just give me the give me the points, give me the points, give me the points, right? You'd bet on the Niners? They were underdogs, absolutely against the Chiefs. I probably would too, but you 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 do acknowledge like you're not going to be shocked if the Chiefs beat them. Of course him. not. Yeah, in the Super Bowl. Well, it's that guy, John. It's that guy. It's those two guys, Mahomes, Mahomes, and Andy Reid. It's those two guys. Yeah. Yeah, they just had seven drives, seven straight drives, seven straight touchdowns. I mean, I don't know. That has to be an NFL record. Seven fucking straight drives, seven straight touchdowns. They scored fifty-one points in two and a half quarters. Never. I, I don't care. The Texans are quote unquote soft or whatever. That. That's an incredible accomplishment. Think how crazy the Niners game was when they beat the Saints, 48-46. They were scoring all fucking game. And you're just like, touchdown, touchdown. The Chiefs are like, yeah, we, we didn't score a point in the first quarter. It's on. 51 straight points. That, that's why I'm saying like their high end. The Chiefs' high end on offense is higher than the Niners' high end on offense just because they got better players. The Niners' high end on defense is probably higher than all th- three of these remaining teams. Now, you could argue the Titans are playing pretty well defensively. I mean, they've kicked Brady's ass, and then they destroyed the MVP of the league. Like, they destroyed him. And you could say, Middlecoff, they had 500 yards. Yeah, garbage time. We, we've we've established a couple things. I don't put that much stock into first drives, and I don't put that much stock into when you're down 28-6, to six, and the game plan is no longer what it originally was to kick your ass. So, yeah, if you're going to get 300 yards in the last 12 minutes of a game when they – they no longer are running their game plan because they have you beat. 
I, I don't put as much stock in those yardage. Uh, by the way, I know you watched the Kyle Shanahan press conference on Periscope on Monday because I watched it on Tuesday before this podcast, and I saw your comments throughout telling people the best Niner coverage is on the Haberman and Milkoff podcast. So, first of all, good job by you. Um, we were talking on the last pod about uh, good job by you, John. Good job, good good job, good job by you. Uh, yeah, that's my mad dog, Russo. We were talking about um, whether or not it matters. Like, is there any piece of the humans that are in the 49ers uniforms that can get complacent because they blew the Panthers out or the uh, the Packers out the first time? And Kyle said, "No, I think every, you know." He said basically, everyone knows that you can't. One game doesn't affect the next game. But then he referenced 2015. The Falcons played the Panthers. Do you remember this game? The Panthers were 13-0 and when they beat the Falcons uh, 38 to nothing. Do you remember this? I don't. It was week no, 14. I, I went and looked it up because he said, you know, the Panthers beat us 38 to nothing, and then we came back and beat them two weeks later. And he's right. Week 14... Uh, the Panthers had just beaten the Saints 41-38 to on the road, come in 12-0 and blow the Falcons out, 38 to nothing. The next week, they beat the Giants on the road by three and are 14-0. Then they got to go back to Atlanta week 16 at 14-0. So they, God, they were closer to an undefeated season than I remember. Do you remember this? Uh, I do once he said it, once I started looking at it. I didn't initially, but I do remember. Did you know they were, you, you remember them being 14 <laughs> yeah. though? And the, I, I and don't. The Falcons. I feel like they were, I, if I would have guessed, I would have been like 13 and one. Like they would have had a lot. God, I didn't know that. And the Falcons crazy. beat them. God, that team, that team was fucking The Falcons good. beat them Jesus. two weeks later, 20 to 13 after losing 38 to nothing two weeks before. That was the only loss, regular season loss of the year. Before the Super Wait, you're Bowl. saying the Falcons Falcons blew them out in all the week way around. 14. Panthers blew them out. Panthers blew out the so Falcons, were... 38 to nothing. Panthers are 13 and so 0. Then they beat the Giants, they're 14 and 0. Then they got to go play the Falcons again at 14 and 0. Oh, this this is the Panthers. The Panthers okay, yeah. I I thought you were talking the good Falcons. No, no. This team was, was the, the Panthers team year. that lost to the Broncos in the Super Bowl. Yeah, there was fifteen and one, and I they, gotcha. they okay, lost to the Falcons two weeks later. And the Falcons, I think, were like eight and eight or something. Gotcha. Um, now that several weeks later, that's not a playoff game. The Panthers are, I mean, cruising at that point. So it's not the same yeah. thing. They have they have the number one seed locked up. I, I I would I would tend to say, I see where you're going, and I see where Kyle is having to generate it. I don't know if that situation parallels this one as much. Division right, you're you're you just you know them, but I I do think I I think the ultimate message and clearly he's trying to say it because back to uh, you know Haberman made a great point. We're dealing with humans here. We are dealing with humans, and if you kick someone's ass, you I don't I just can't imagine you just look at them the same. Now it is the NFC Championship game. And to me, the comment that Kyle stood out, because I think he's trying to use probably an example. I would imagine he told the team that, right? Because he'd have to. Like you, you it, Coaches are paranoid to begin with. Like, how do, I get the, how do I get them to, like, focus? How do I get them locked in? You get extra probably nervous a little bit. Like, we already kicked this team's ass. I bet Kyle would have wished, not that they lost, because that loss would have cost them the one seed, but, like, 
the game was like an OT winner, a super tight game. It'd be much easier. Wouldn't even have to bring this shit up because this is the topic. Like, how are you going to kick their ass again? Kyle does not want to hear that. What what Saban calls the like rat Rat poison, poison, right? It's like, stop fucking giving us rat poison. The thing that stood out to me, and I didn't know this, they haven't lost a game since. You know, because to me, that game feels like three months ago. And technically, it was, you know, right before Thanksgiving. They have played in six games since, including the playoff game, and they're, they've won them all. Now, they went through a stretch where they played shitty teams. And I remember texting with someone. He's like, everyone's going to overreact like the Packers are in trouble here. He's like, Google their schedule. And I did. And their next two games were the Giants and the Redskins. <laughs> so they got them back on track fast. They were what, like, you know, 9-3, and three, and they went to 11-3 and three fast. And then they had – then they played the Bears, beat them – and then they came with a big game on Monday night in Minnesota and kicked the shit out of them, and that was a hat and t-shirt game. And then the, even the Detroit game, while they weren't playing for the division anymore, it was for seeding, and they were losing. I remember was watching at the gym, and they were down 14 to nothing, and Rodgers was off. And then he just flipped a switch, and they ended up winning it with a game-winning field goal, 23-20. to And I thought last week, they thoroughly outplayed. They were just a better team. The, the score was not as indicative as the game because Russell Wilson started doing Houdini shit. Like, they, they were up 21 to nothing. So, I I I'm, I do agree that, like, one, you always – the second time's not going to look I, – I vividly remember the time when the Rod, when Rodgers played the Cardinals and the Cardinals played the Packers, like, late in the season. And it was really close. Or, no, excuse me. It was a blowout. They bludgeoned them. They they destroyed them. I, I forget what year it was. It was the year that the it was fifteen. It was the year that the Arizona Cardinals played the Carolina Panthers in the NFC Championship game. And I bet on the Packers using that logic in the in the wild card round or whenever they played. And they they okay they same type deal played them twelve twenty seven so week seventeen. Okay. The Packers lost thirty eight to eight. Basically the same fucking score as this. Same score. And they played him in the playoff game, and they won in overtime 26-20. Remember, now, that was the Hail Mary <laughs> that Rodgers hit on that final drive. Remember to send him to overtime, where he's in the back of his end zone, hits the dude at, like, midfield. Next play, hits the hits the Hail Mary. One of the craziest sequences ever. Then Larry Fitzgerald has those couple plays and wins it. But it was a tight game. It was just an intense game. I, I was living in Emeryville at the time. I remember sitting on the couch watching that game. It was nothing like the Arizona game. So I do think there are parallels to that where it's just they don't ever look the same because part of it is just the playoffs. So there's a shitload on the line. And you're just dealing with, to get this far, say what you want about the Packers. Like, I do think they're flawed a little bit, but they do have, like the Vikings, really good players. And the major difference is just their quarterback is in a different stratosphere than Cousins. Yeah. So he can make guys that, like, yeah, he if he had Diggs and Thielen, they'd be better. But he can make some Lazard look like fucking digs at for moments you know or jimmy graham you know he just that was a great throw on the one that the packers think they got fucked you follow Devonte on instagram he just tweeted like the picture of the guy's short and he just typed in big letters shut up <laughs> uh of jimmy graham now as i'd say Devonte, you know the as haberman would know the yellow line does not indicate they used right to always wrong, say that right? on the broadcast remember folks the yellow line is not official they don't <laughs> say that anymore no, they but don't. I did. You know, but. the the sticks were on the other side of the field. Um, my point is, it was a great throw, yeah. kind of hit him low and in stride where the guy couldn't make it, and then Jimmy's length. So, 
I, I I'm hoping for a good game. I want to be. I want to see Aaron play well. And, and for him to, he's going to have to play well for it to be a good game. It's just that simple. Like it's and if not, he plays well, then Jimmy Garoppolo has to play well, right? If Aaron doesn't play well, Jimmy doesn't have to play great. He just can't turn the ball over or whatever. But if Aaron plays well, Garoppolo has to play well. Yes. Uh, all right, John, before we move on, let's tell the people this podcast is also brought to you by Manscaped.com. Promo code HAM. Promo code HAM at Manscaped.com. Get you 20% off and free shipping. Guy, I've been a loyal Manscaped.com guy since they sent us the Lawnmower 2.0. Sources say the Lawnmower 3.0. If it's not out yet, it's oh. coming out. Uh, you go to Manscaped.com, use the promo code HAM. You get the, the best ball trimmer I, known to man. It's incredible. I, I use it. Try to try to be pretty consistent every couple weeks. I get you know I don't have hair on my head, but I get hair all over my body. And uh, with our friends at Manscaped, they keep us uh, us clean. You know that's key. To be it's 2020. You can't you can't just have stray hairs. You know all over the place. No. I, sometimes I even my, my uh, you know the girls I get the tramp stamp with the tattoo. I get mm-hmm. it with hair. I feel so you. I, I go I I I I put my butt kind of over the toilet and I trim my back and then I get into the uh, shower and I have one for my face and I keep an extra like old razor that I can just always shave my body with. And I, I go to the back, and I get the That's, little. You know, we can we can, we can go ahead and halt that image uh, right there. I think. <laughs> try to get. Yeah, but it's true, John. Know? In in uh, you know every phone now has like three uh, three little lenses on a camera. We're in the 4K world, people. You can't that stray hair. You getting away with it in Polaroids. Everyone sees it now coming out of the back of your shirt or whatever you got going on. So, yeah, great call. Uh, and your bikini line. I mean. <laughs> I heard John 2020 is going to be the uh, going to be the year of the mankini. So everybody getting ready for the summer. Keep it tight. We got Bush. Keep it tight. Twenty percent off, guy, and free shipping. Promo code ham at manscaped.com. That's twenty percent off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Oh, and Use get the, the crop preserver, the, uh, the the deodorant and moisturizer. That's the way to go. Oh, oh. Think about others and yourself. Have some self respect. All right, and uh, brought to you by mybookie.ag. Promo code HAM and the numeral one. My bookie with that promo code will match your first deposit uh, by 50% up to $1,000. If you'd like to accept it, you can also decline the uh, the bonus. But either way, my bookie, promo code HAM1, and uh, here we go. National championship game is over, but um, hopefully you didn't take our Clemson and the points bet. Oops. Look good. It looked good yeah, there for a minute. It looked really good. As long as they had field, as long as they all their possession started in the, like the plus forty eight. Yeah, it's like hey, Trevor Lawrence, stop fucking air mailing every pass. Uh, guy, we got movement, and we got we got line movement. Mybookie.ag promo code ham one. Uh, I guess we'll start with the AFC game. Both these games opened up at seven. They're both now at seven and a half. So it, it feels like people are going. Are we sure the Titans are going to play with the Chiefs? And are the Niners just dramatically better? Hey, Honestly, I would not be shocked if that Green Bay-San Francisco number gets close to like 8.5 by the time kickoff happens. Because I think more and more people are just going to be like, the Niners are the better team, they've been the better team, they kick their ass. That would start to make me nervous. Uh, that's a lot of points to give to give our man A-Rod. The, the Titans game, I just I, I think that it might be the Chiefs' time. <laughs> it might be just that franchise's time to go to the Super Bowl, which they've never gone to. And Think about that. Never gone to Super Bowl Crazy. in the modern era. That's pretty wild. And solidify... Do you think just getting to the Super Bowl solidifies Andy Reid, Hall of Famer? It'd be a pretty big moment. How many coaches have taken two separate franchises to the Super Bowl? 
People keep asking. Someone DM'd me the other day. They're like, do you think Andy, if he wins the Super Bowl this year, is going to retire? And I was like, well, I don't know if you – a couple things. One, Andy likes football more than any human I've ever been around. Like, the f- word football guy gets thrown around. Like, no, it's, football's his life. Two, two words, Patrick Mahomes. You don't, you don't yeah, leave you don't. that. Three, if you finally won one and you're Andy, like, let's win a couple. And here's the kicker. You know, some people in the league and most coaches make seven figures. Sources say Andy's year, yearly salary is in the uh, in the eight figures, guys. So when you do what you like and you love it and you got Mahomes and you're making double 10 plus million a year, are you retiring? Because I'm not. So I would say no. And I, I, I wouldn't mind a little, could we get a little Niners Chiefs rivalry going? Maybe a couple Super Bowls in a couple mm. years. I'm, mm. I'm for that. Would you be cool with that? Back-to-back Super Bowls, yeah. these two teams? I think the country would uh, would get behind that. I know I personally yeah. would. Andy Career, 207, 128, 27 playoff games, 13 and 14 in the playoffs. Cower, 149, really- <laughs> 90, 21 playoff games, 12 and 9, one Super Bowl. For game. example, if you, if you were really, really good at something and you loved it and you were making a shit ton of money, would you just retire? If you were still in good health and life was good and you're, you got your family around and everything, like there's no reason. What are you going to do? He doesn't play golf. I think he's got some Yeah, I mean, left. it's not usually – people going out on top is great when other people are talking about somebody else, right? Like everyone wants somebody else to go out on top. But when you're on top, you don't go, all right, I made it. It's not like climbing Kilimanjaro where you get to the top, spend one night, and then head back. No, you stay. Well, like what, what would the reaction be? If uh, if Kyle won it all, as you know, the whole thing, and he's like, "I'm just retiring." <laughs> he's like, "What?" Because he has enough money in the bank. If he just wanted to retire, people would be furious. No, <laughs> you think Chiefs fans want Andy to retire? No. Yeah, uh, and I don't. You, you you know him, but I'd be uh, I'd be shocked. My bookie, I, yeah, my ag promo code ham and then number one get your gamble. Okay, on. John. Nick Bosa was not named the Defensive Rookie of the Year. Well, he was, but that's not all. Nick Bosa was also just named the NFL's Rookie of the Year. The NFL Rookie of the Year is Nick Bosa. And I'm just looking back. The Niners have had a long run, a long history, I should say, of really good number one picks, right? Like, you'd say at this point, first first round picks, Buckner and Armstead, like good picks, right? Tart, good pick. As it turns out, Eric Reed was a good first-round pick. Um, I think Bose underrated. That was a, that was yeah. a solid first-round pick. I, I think Bose has been the best first-round pick since Alden Smith in eleven. We could debate this, right? I mean, we've had a few more years of Buckner, whatever. Best first-round pick since Alden Smith in eleven. Twenty ten, two first-rounders: Upati and Anthony Davis. Oh, you weren't feeling AJ. Oh nine was Crabtree. Oh. Jimmy, Jimmy, do you say you mentioned Jimmy Ward? Yeah, Ward, that's a good pick. They've had a lot of good first round picks. Crabtree 09, but I, I, we're on we're on track here for Bosa to be the best first round pick that the Niners have had. I won't say the best pick because I think right now that's uh, looking like the tight end Kittle, um, but the best good, first round one. pick I think since 2007. That's that's the trend. Where it's still Alden had more years to this point, but Willis and Staley. That's that's kind of the category Bosa's got a chance to go into, right? When it comes to Niners lore. Um, well, I, I just Googled it. 
Alden Smith, despite having like 14 sacks, he wasn't a starter, was not the defensive rookie of the year. Who was? And what? I don't know, but it you can't do I'll, I'll look. You keep looking it up it. right now. Willis was. And I remember when Willis did it, most people thought it was Vaughn Miller. So, I mean, it was. Was he also the rookie you know, of the year, Vaughn? Well, they do offensive and defensive rookie of the year. Right. Yeah, but I'm saying Bosa is the defensive rookie of the year and just the rookie of the year. He's both. Like Cam was just oh, a straight is? up rookie of the year in 2011. Like that's what Bosa. Okay, that's yeah. like, that's what makes it special to me is he's not just the D Roy, he's the Roy Roy. Who was Cam in 11 was the rookie of the year. So like 07, it was this is pretty good company too. Willis was the defensive rookie of the year. The 07 Offensive Rookie of the Year, I don't know if you've heard of him, this guy named Adrian Peterson. Did so they award an really overall good. Rookie of the Year? I assume. Well, I don't have that. Okay. I just have the two of them. Uh, but, yeah, I just think that the guy's been a home run fucking pick. I mean, obviously. I But I think there was some apprehension. Not that the guy wasn't good, because I, I was kind of nitpicking him when he was coming out. It was one thing I was thinking about this morning when I was like, God, do you want to do a podcast? You're like, yeah, let's ride the wave. Is that the big question mark on him, which is kind of crazy, and it didn't stop when he got drafted, was the, was the injuries. He, the first practice of OTA's guy, of o, I was there, he got hurt. The first practice of training camp with pads, he got hurt. And then he starts, remember, he misses the entire training camp with the ankle. And it was a freak deal in practice, they kept telling us. But it's, when I get why why Lynch and those guys were saying it, but the reality was is he was kind of, it was the elephant in the room with him. And he hasn't just been durable. He has been kicking the shit out of everybody. He, he has been one of the, one of the all-time rookie ass kickers. Like Patrick Willis, every human was like, Jesus Christ, this guy's a beast right away. And not not every player has to happen right away. Like, Khalil Mack didn't happen right away. Alden kind of did. Uh, now, obviously, he derailed for other reasons. But it, to me, like Devontae Adams, it took him multiple years. Remember, it was like, God, is Devontae Adams a bust? No, just he had to get his – he had to – he figured it out. But it took him a little time. Now, he wasn't a top, top five pick. I think that's part of the pressure maybe, though. Now, it's, it's probably unfair to compare to Devontae. Like, yeah, sometimes second-round picks. When you draft a guy number two overall, I think, you know, using the Vaughn comparison, that Alden year, like, you expect Vaughn Miller. It was Vaughn Miller, boom, defensive rookie of the year, boom, one of the best defensive players in the year. Five years later, he's a future Hall of Famer, MVP of the Super Bowl. And that's kind of what it feels like the upside on this player happened. But it did. it felt like that with Alden Smith, too, right? It was like, the sky's the limit for this guy. Like why he he can go down as one of the great players yeah. ever, like there there is nothing that can stop him. It kind of feels like that with Bosa. Like what can really stop Nick Bosa from being good, beside injuries? If he just maintains this for seven years, he'll have like a JJ Watt mm-hmm. type career. So and I think that one thing, what would you say derailed JJ's career was injuries, the injuries, yeah. and it didn't necessarily derail it. It just he just got hurt a lot. But his four or five years was like to me JJ Watt's a Hall of Famer. Now, the difference is Nick – you know the Houston Texans, for example, have never been past second round of the playoffs? Like, Nick's first year, he's boom, he's already in a game. He's just been lucky. He was on the right team, right time. They played a ton of primetime games. 
he wasn't just like this great player that no one was really watching. Like Josh Allen. How much Josh Allen did most people watch? Not much. How much Nick Bosa did just a lot of casual NFL fans? They saw a lot of them. Well, and that's why, because I'm sure people will tweet this at us. So just to clarify, like is normally the case with these awards, there's multiples. So like he won the Writers Association Rookie of the Year Award and Defensive Rookie of the Year Award. AP. It's the PFW, the Pro Football Writers Association. So like last year, the defensive rookie with Darius Leonard, the offensive rookie with Saquon Barkley, and the overall rookie of the year was Baker Mayfield. So this particular rookie of the year award as an overall winner has only been uh, awarded since 13. So I'm looking at something yeah, different. But, but I'm I got looking another, at the NFL. Yeah, but I'll get to that in a second. This is the th- th- this is the one they give out. Yeah, yeah I'll get to that one in a second. But this one uh, was only been awarded since 13, and he's the first defensive player to win that. Eddie Lacy, Odell Beckham, Todd Gurley, Zeke, Kareem Hunt, Baker. Now the one you're looking at, which was also the first one I was looking at, was like the NFL Awards one. That one, NFL Honors, that one has been given out since 02. And only one defensive player has ever won that one, and that's Indomitian Sue in 2010. So the now that's a fan vote. Uh, the more he – like all these postseason wins, like I, I don't think the fan voting ends in like November. Maybe it – Oh, you're saying the overall individual winner, offense or defense. I, I think he might win this yeah, one. Yeah, but John, the voting goes through the Super Bowl. Or no, it goes until next – it goes after the NFC Championship games or the Conference Championship games. Wouldn't you be shocked if he doesn't so without, win this one? Like every game he plays, is just yeah. Kind of a funny, kind of a funny list. You know, the first ever uh, only because I'm Shockey. looking at it. I know. How would, <laughs> could you ever guess the '03 Rookie of the Year? I, honestly, Dominic Davis. I don't even really know who is. I mean, I kind of remember that name, but not really. LSU. Percy Harvin, Sue, Cam Russell, Keenan Allen, Teddy Bridgewater. Jameis, Dak, Alvin. I mean, the last three years have been Dominic Davis changed his name to Dominic Williams later. Does that help you? No. I know nothing about the guy. Did you say Cadillac? Cadillac. That's, uh, that was uh, your boy's draft pick. Oh, Gruden? John Gruden. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would say he's going to win this award. It's happening. Which is, you couldn't have scripted this any better. You draft the guy number two, Kyle fucking had liked him, and you guys had liked him since the fall when Jimmy goes down and you start locking in on all these top defensive guys. You not nail, you not only nail the pick, beside all the awards, that matters. I don't even give a fuck. It's just clear you watch him, he dominates. He deserves these awards, but whether he wins it or not, which he clearly is going to probably rack them all up, it was like he was immediately like Von Miller. It was like, oh my God, this guy's good. That to me is the greatest, the most powerful thing. Like Patrick Willis by like October 1st you go do we have the best linebacker in the league <laughs> you know it's like uh, the Erlacher and then Willis who's got four games in his NFL career like this guy has 16 games of. I guess yeah, I think he missed a game this year didn't he but maybe he didn't I'd have to look at Bosa's game log but he's been he's been unreal he's been is it safe to say that his game on Saturday was the best game he's played all season which is saying something I thought he was just I know PFF did something. He was the highest rated guy of the weekend. You know, just seven pressures, multiple sacks. Guy, he had a PBU. He had a PBU that looked like a linebacker in space. He's way more athletic. I mean, I I racially profiled a white guy. I think he was not as good as Well, he those are the guys you're allowed to profile. Yeah, exactly. And they, uh, 
don't let Twitter fool you. They, they, the wrong people, the, you know, the, they're just the people that get racially profiled in, in football are not African-Americans. It's white guys. And, but luckily, we're able to make fun of it, like, you know, coach's son. Last night when Venable's kids comes in, it's like Kirk Herbstreit's like, coach's son, he's a hard worker, he knows the defense. And, you know, he's, he's looking at his dad, he's the backup linebacker, and you can probably tell Dabble's like, oh, we do not want to play this guy. <laughs> I honestly, I didn't know, not that I've been, like, watching every Clemson game, I didn't know Venable's son was on the team until that happened. No clue. Sometimes you forget. I don't think clearly they don't play. Herbstreit's kids are on the team, right? That's, uh, yeah. Does he have a yep. walk-on I think or two one son or right? maybe two? Yeah, I was good job by Herb Street. I, I would have taken Herb Street off the broadcast, John. <laughs> yeah. No, I like, wouldn't. No, he can. So yeah, I mean he's been he's been incredible, simply put, and they deserve credit for. Remember, I remember a topic we did around the draft is if they take Bosa, they're going to be judged because they had the pick of the litter for the next ten guys, and basically the next you know beside a couple yeah. a quarterback. We're all the defensive guys. Josh Allen, Gary, Devin Bush, just all of them. Devin oh, White. They could have taken him any going. of them. Am I miss? Oh, That's Cleveland right. Farrell. Yeah, God, Cleveland Farrell. Got <laughs> it. So it's is it safe to say that they they, they won nailed that, that pick at least yeah. In the and, short I, time. and I would say the two linebackers you mentioned there, Bush and White, the third all rookie linebacker. Now we could argue like I think Max Crosby should have been on this all league team, uh, all rookie team. My thing is, though, he had 10 sacks or whatever. Four of them came against the Bengals. I know. Whatever. I just watched him. I thought he was a really impactful player. I, li- I like him, too. I'm not, I'm not anti-Max. But Brown. Dre Greenlaw. What? Don't. Well, did, was it, did Greenlaw have the pick against Seattle? Or Russell Greenlaw Wilson? had the pick. In, uh, yeah, On that, the floater to the front I, of the end zone? That was an unreal play. Just that play and the tackle alone, Dan Buns 2.0, that might have been worth it. I love team. when a play like that brings back an old play and then all of a sudden Dan Buns is raising the Niner flag at the stadium. Me too. It's cooler though. In our age sometimes like if you go too far back I'm like Dan Buns? Uh, I'll be honest. Did you know who Dan Buns is? Have you heard no, that but name? He, but before? obviously I never had. made one of the great plays well, in clearly. the program in the franchise's history. But I was not up to but speed. But it just shows you sometimes. Yeah. Well, I think it happened in 87. Time to grind the film. On YouTube. Yeah, get on it. Um, all right. National championship game. Was there a game? I'm kidding. It was uh, – I really enjoyed it. I, I really, You know what I loved about the national championship game was P- – People talking shit about the line? I, yeah. It's good out here. Like you tweeted. Like, God, I, if this is – I was tired. I, that's why I wanted to tweet. Like, I wasn't talking shit. It was no, really going pretty long. It was guy. 8.30. I took a – John, you know what I did? I took a nap at halftime. Swear to God. And that was like, you know, 7.15 or 7.30 probably. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to power nap halftime. And I did. And I woke up, body clock. I just knew exactly when the second half started. Didn't miss a thing. I loved how many big plays they were. there were that were not busted coverages. They were just the DB who is big and fast chasing a wide receiver who's big and fast and a quarterback who's really good puts the spot, puts the ball in a great spot and the guy makes a play. Like, so many of the big plays were were also great plays, not mistakes. It was crazy. Like you, you cannot win a national championship just being great on one side of the football, right? You can't be the number one defense, but we yeah. pound the rock, control it. No, you got to go score because those defenses were really good. There, the guys on defense on both those teams. I was texting you a couple of guys. I'm like, look at these freaks. Number three, who had the big hit for uh, 
Was it LSU? Yeah, he looks like a he looks closer to defensive tackle than a strong no, I do safety. Think when you put a single digit on a guy like that, like if he'd been wearing twenty eight, would it have looked different? But he just do they have one corner that doesn't have a six next to the start of his height? Oh my god! I mean, all those guys. Most poor. My takeaway was just that. My takeaway after the first quarter was: Is there a non-NFL guy on this field? And I, I think the answer is borderline no. And I think if you add it up, I, I tweeted sarcastically, like if you told me there were a hundred NFL players in this game, obviously, probably a hundred players don't actually play, but. Then I thought about it, and some people tweeted at me like, "No, if you factor in like their red shirts and shit, yeah, I mean, look, check out the recruiting rankings the last four years for both of these programs, and then just look at it with your eyes, right? I mean, they have multiple number one overall picks, countless guys going for like how many first rounders were in that game last night? If we just without really doing research or whatever, I'd say probably twenty five. Well, what last year Clemson's defense had? Seven I'm saying guys. that pl- I'm saying that played in the game, non like redshirt guys and sweats. Yeah, like that played. Yeah, I'm in just the saying, game. like last year Clemson's defense had seven guys drafted off of it, right? I think it was the number. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right. Well, I, I think know. five. It was yeah, five or seven they, off their defense got drafted. I think it was seven. Yeah. Well, they had how many guys they have go in the first round? They had Wilkins go in the first round. They had Cleveland Farrell go in the first round. They had Dexter Lawrence go in the first round. Am I missing someone? I know they had Renfro go a little later. They had, I mean, the, the fucking Raiders took the corner in the second round. So they definitely had three first rounders. I, I would guess 20, 20 plus. Uh, and then when you factor in the red shirt, the, the talent on that field guy, it's just, it's absolutely glaring. It, it really is. And that's why in college football, like the top teams, who and people love like trying to diminish the SEC. Like, top, tell me the SEC is great. It's really just the top team. Well, yeah, we we judge you on the top team. If that's your top, if the SEC was shitty forever, they had Kentucky. No one cares. If that's your top team, if it's always LSU or Saban, and then they kick the shit out of everyone, like, yeah, they get fucking credit. And that's why I think speaks to Dabo is he's like matched them, right? I mean, his yep. team wasn't quite as good and. Was the game his quarterback had the worst game of his life? So, and part of it, what you were saying, I think he was probably thrown off. They hadn't played anyone that good, and Ohio State was clearly a little off when they played him. Which held where LSU once they hit the kind of the gas pedal about mid second quarter, they never relinquished. But I, I'm just blown away by the talent, and I always am whenever you get the last like decade, like when you get an Alabama on the field against Ohio State or on. Whoever, even the couple good Oregon. Remember the Oregon team with mm-hmm. Mariota? Like, look back. That team was Buckner Armstead. Well, we fucking talked the best team in the NFL is led by two of those guys. And Mariota went number two overall. Like, you need premium players. You have no fucking shot being an overachieving team. If your best players guy are, and there's nothing wrong with this, like, you can win 9, 10, 11 games, second and third rounders, you can be really good. Like, even the Wash- the team from Washington that made the playoffs that one year, like, they had some premium guys, and they still got boat right. raced. So, you're right. You need premium guys on both sides of the ball. And is it fair to say in this day and age? Because I was thinking last night, like, the, who's the best? Like, when we were growing up, the best college teams, right, were, like, Tommy Frazier and that Nebraska team. Some of those early 2000s, like, Ken Dorsey, Miami team. The team Dustin Fox played Ohio on State, that then beat yeah. Miami the next year, Ohio State. That was, like, Ken Dorsey. SC. And I, I forget... Craig Krenzel, and even Liner, who I really like. But, like, looking back, you know, he was a good college player, but he's not, like, some dynamic player. I think you need a borderline NFL sweet quarterback. 
like even the year that shotgun, he turned out to not be a good NFL player, but he clearly had like physical tools for NFL. Like he was a freak freak, you know, and when they beat Alabama, it's pretty clear. You just need blue chippers all over the field. And to me, you need an NFL quarterback nowadays. Well, I don't think you can win it without an NFL quarterback. Do you? Um, I know Saban did it a couple times, but I think those days are. Yeah, I mean, I think it probably depends partly. Like, if Oklahoma. Yeah, like, would Jalen Hurts have been good enough if they had a great defense to win this national championship? Well, he's not. He's not. He's not. That's what I'm saying. But he's a really good college quarterback. I. I mean, we're talking about the next two picks, the next two number one overall picks in all likelihood in the NFL draft, right? Those are the two guys quarterbacking this game. We know for sure. We know for sure one of the two guys going one. Burrow. Yeah, I would still say it'd be a pretty big upset if Lawrence doesn't. I would agree. So I like you're you're a loud guy in three years, thirty plus. You know he's going to play forty five games to have one. How many games do you have like that? Think about that. We have two number one. Like I do think it was unique in that way. Like last year was Lawrence and Tua, and we thought maybe Tua will be number one this year, and then the next year will be Lawrence. But to have guys that you think are back to back number one picks quarterbacking against Trevor Lawrence. has Trevor Lawrence ever played in a game where he wasn't the best quarterback on the field? Might be the first time. Yeah, I mean, did, do you life. think he's better than Tua? They played in the national championship game last year. Yeah, I think from an NFL perspective, yeah. you know, so, they're both. I mean, he's never lost. He didn't lose <laughs> until his second national championship. Just, but I think he beat Tua. Right, you know, and he just outplayed right. him. So, yeah. but I, how many? Can you think of a national championship game that had back-to-back first overall quarterbacks? I mean, that's what made that game. Well, unique. That, that, that's what I'm saying. The major, guy, the majority of our life, the teams that won it, it was always. You didn't get Peyton Manning from the team that was winning the national championship. You got Peyton Manning from like the nine and three team. Elway was on the five and six. It felt like the majority Jay Cutler was at Vanderbilt. Eli Manning, Ole Miss, Roethlisberger, Ohio. Like it's not, it's not normal. It kind of has been these last decade that a Jameis, a Cam, but historically it wasn't like that because you didn't need that in college football. And now I think you kind of do. That, that's where I'm saying I'm not trying to be prisoner of the moment. But I just think the way the game's trending and, like you said, offense, the days of, like, a, a 21-17 national championship feel pretty unrealistic. So, so right? my point is I agree with you. You do need that guy. I just – this might be at the highest level of an example. I just don't know how many years you're going to end up with number one overall level quarterbacks. Yeah, that, that's not what I'm saying. I'm even saying, like, if Georgia has, like, a dash. Did you see what happened like to Georgia? pick or- Jake Fromm what? is leaving, and they're getting the guy from Wake Forest. Like, people are talking – Jamie uh, Newman? People are talking about it like it's an upgrade. Is that guy Apparently. I, I didn't watch Wake this year, but Why, he's like the number one grad in, transfer guy out there. Was there a chance that they told that grad they wanted him and Jake wasn't going to be a lock starter? Yeah. I guess you never know, but yeah. Anyway, so – Well, like, is, is Justin Fields – a legitimate like top five. I pick. think he will be by the time we get to next year, don't you? Well, they could be in it, right? Yep. And then Georgia with that guy. Yeah, or Clemson again. Like to me, Clemson and Ohio State or, or Georgia. Like those are probably your three teams. You can already do it. Yeah. You think Oregon has a shot? They're gonna but be they really don't. Good. Like we're talking about, Clemson's got a returning third-year starting quarterback. Well, yeah. To me, they're the favorite. Ohio to get State's back. got a returning quarterback in. I would say they're in a completely different level. Who does Oregon? Does Oregon play Michigan or Ohio State? State? At home. So that would be a massive win. Yeah, you win that game, and now you're in the mix. You're not in the mix. I mean, you're the number one overall team probably, right? Uh, 
Yeah, I mean, I think it depends. Like, if Ohio State's the preseason number one, Clemson might start number one. It might be hard to – but you're right. Okay, you're the two. Yeah, yeah but you're, you'll you're, be, you're right. be right. It'll there. be yours to lose on a Friday yeah. night in uh, Pullman or Tempe. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. that's what you got to avoid. But, but it won't matter. You can lose one of those games. If you beat Ohio State, you can lose a, a league game. Like, I wonder who do you feel better about – because I think we know the three the three teams, kind of, give or take, the SEC – like, it's kind of going to be Oklahoma and Oregon. It kind of feels like it's going to be the same thing again. Does Oregon's – like, the one thing I can say about Oregon, their upside of being more physical and have more NFL guys is better than Oklahoma. And they just returned, like, now four of their o- guys came back on defense <clears throat> Monday. Oregon or Oregon, Oklahoma. like, four Oregon defensive starters. Now, I think the question would be, you know, you talk to the guys in Oklahoma, they think the Spencer Rattler kid from Arizona is the real deal. Is he going to be better than the guy from Oregon? That would be could be the yeah. They got card. another guy too. I forget his name. Who's supposed to be? I think you just you just never know because we see it all the time. Like the hype, the hype, right. the hype, and a lot of guys just don't yeah. live up. Like more than likely, either Spencer Rattler or the guy at Oregon is going to disappoint given the hype. Right? When I'm saying they think this guy's got a chance to be the best, well, it's like you had a run where you had two straight number one overall picks, so you can already, the hype is probably already unfair, right? Where no one at Alabama is like, you know, we think this guy could be better than Tua. Nick's going, we're fucked. <laughs> yeah. I just, you give Burrow a shot with the Bengals, John? Do you want to, uh, full disclosure, Haberman, and, and me too, had some reservations on text threads. About? Mid-season, uh, about Joey yeah, Burrow. I, look, I texted you last night after his... Uh, what play did he make where I was like, oh, fuck. Not all oh, fuck, but like I, I ended up, I, even though I picked Clemson, I started rooting for LSU last night during the game. And, um, yeah, man, I mean, he's so athletic. He makes he, a ton of throws. He makes these incredible scramble deep ball bombs that are just hit guys. I, I won't, I won't I, just, I'll say it. I have been, to me, I just red flag a 20% increase in completion percentage. If you're 77% or whatever it was, to me, there's got to be a part of that that's just, is that your team? Is that that doesn't mean you don't get credit for one of the greatest seasons ever? But when you just watch him, he just makes a ton of throws. He's clearly tough. He's clearly got some. He's a leader. He's athletic. He's smart. He can read the field. I mean, he's just he is what you want in the number one pick. So maybe the numbers are That's inflated. It doesn't. But he if he's not a seventy seven percent passer in the NFL, he can still be a Pro Bowl quarterback. I, I, I got a text last night from a guy that's been in the league 15-plus years, and he's like, I think by far this season is the most impressive season we've ever seen from a draft prospect at quarterback over the last couple decades. Because, like, luck season. Did you see the tweet of, like, here's what all uh, LSU's wins accomplished? Like, Sugar Bowl, Bowl Bowl, Bliss Bowl, Big 12 Championship, uh, ACC Championship, Defending National well, they Every beat, team they beat they Texas. Beat the top four, they beat the top four preseason teams this year. Yeah, like their resume it's, of beating people and and kicking their and asses. Let's just say, yeah. yeah, it's I sometimes I think it's hyperbole. Like this is the best team. You could make the argument like this is one of the great seasons in college football mm-hmm. history, if not mm-hmm. the best. Now, like the numbers are a little skewed just with how much people the points. But at but the end of the day, they they ran away from Clemson. T- to me, I, I only have one question on Joe Burrow. Only one question, and it gets back to like when we used to nitpick guys. When we were growing up, like his team's too good, right? Like I think we did that. Let's say, and with that's Liner. been my question like, about God. the completion percentage. 
But but I do think when you watch him, he ain't just throwing like he's throwing like legit quick slants that are hitting guys right. in stride. He's on the move, hitting guys like he's doing all these things that trans. And that's where I get back to John. Now, sorry, just that a lot of those receivers are reasonably well covered. Who? Yeah, is? I mean his. Well, yeah, because they're fucking playing a guy from Clemson, probably be a first round pick too, and then vice versa like that. Everyone keeps texting me like, "Can the Raiders take Higgins?" Well, the guy on him is like the next honey badger. I don't know. All these guys are sweet. So I, I, I don't, they're all cool. They're all awesome. I think Joe was clearly the best. And that to me, like when you watch Liner, let's use him as an example. It was clear. He was never the best player on their team. Like he's on a team guy with a guy that's like DeAndre Hopkins. Another guy that's like fucking Amari Cooper. He's got a running back. that's like a little Frank Gore. And he's their best player. That, that to me, it's like, he's their best player. Not the wide receiver, who is a baller. Not the other wide receiver, they got all the cash from Odell, who's also a baller. It's Joe. And I th- it's like, they all knew that. And I got Honey Badger in my timeline last night tweeting. And I thought he had the best tweet of the night. And it was very simple. Joe Burrow was even better in person. Mm. It was simple. You know, it's just like, yeah. I mean, for as great as he is in TV, I can imagine all these players that were there. That you know have been in the league, have been all pros. When they're like, God damn, you know, we get it, Odell. You, you want some limelight? You know, it's Patrick Peterson, and the Honey Badger, and the rest of the guys just was Honey Badger on the in, bench. Man. Did I see him sitting on the bench? Is that what that shot was? Yeah, well, you see Booger like running. I did around. see Booger. Booger was the captain. They got for a the lot coin toss. Yeah, they got a lot of famous players. Well, and then I saw today, like Sports Center this morning, was Marcus Spears, who obviously I knew was an LSU guy. I didn't realize Ryan Clark was an LSU guy too. Yeah, but he was one of the rare LSU guys, unlike Booger, first-round pick. I think Marcus Spears, first-round pick. All the guys we've named, first-round picks, second-round picks. I think Ryan Clark might have been an undrafted free agent. You know, so he was was like a practice squad type guy early on. I remember because Lewis loved him. Like, Lewis was a reason he made – Lewis was working at the Redskins at the time and was just a huge fan. And I I, I don't think they drafted him. Yeah, he's an undrafted free agent. So, I think – he doesn't have as much in common. No, he had a great NFL career. Like, Ryan Clark was not some highly touted LSU mm. guy, right? Because when you think LSU players, what do you think? Like, studs. Yeah. Like, first, second-round picks. And, and most of their good players, like, Jarvis fell in the draft. Yeah, he went pick 43. You know, <laughs> let's not act like he tumbled to, like, 199. They don't have many tumblers. You and I were BSing before. We're like, yeah, Randy Moss's kid might go, you know, I don't know, fifth, sixth. That's a tumble for an LSU guy. <laughs> and he's like their 18th Right, he'll be player. how many guys will have been drafted ahead of him? From his That's own what team. I'm saying. I mean, from, the, from those two teams just drafted this year, what would you guess? Over under at 18 and a half. That range, nine on each yeah. team, if not more. Because I do think you just prop them up. You just go, these guys are used to playing in this level. They can play for this program. That's why so many Alabama guys get drafted. That's why I give Mayock credit when he drafted all the Clemson guys. He does have the right thought process. You just want you want to know. Now that doesn't mean like Cleo Mack came from Buffalo. It doesn't it doesn't determine your success, but you do feel more confident when you've seen a guy. This guy started at Clemson for three years, like Hunter Renfro. Like I, I would not have drafted Hunter Renfro, and most of my friends would not have drafted Hunter Renfro. But I think when you look back, well, yeah, he's going to make it. This guy fucking played with all those guys. I would have. After that great play he made in the Senior Bowl, John, the Reese's Senior Bowl. But you see why. Took, do you caught agree, Will like, Greer's duck. Do you think more of Hunter Renfro now that you have a year removed seeing him play in the NFL and then you watch that game and you just know, like, he belongs yeah. to all those guys? 
I I gained is weird to say like more respect for Hunter Renfro at the end of that game. The Senior Bowl? No, I'm talking the game oh. like last night. <laughs> like he just belonged on the field with all these guys for like I four know. years. That's incredible. But these guys belong as freshmen. Why no? Well, I mean, I'm not diminishing him. I'm just saying, like, yeah, the, you know, those are the types of players as freshmen that are immediate impact guys. Like you think about Jerry Judy. Like we've been talking about him since his freshman year at Alabama in the national championship game. Didn't he have the walk-off touchdown in that game? When Tua hit him down the sideline to against Georgia? Uh, or was that someone else? Well, was that him or Devontae Smith? I, I, I think it, yeah, it was, it was six. What's Judy's four? Did Judy catch the wild one in the back of the end zone? Maybe. Yeah, he did. Uh, that might have been Calvin Ridley Jr. I don't know if you heard about him. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, their group was Devontae Smith, Ruggs freshman, Judy freshman, and Calvin Ridley Jr. Is that a pretty good wide receiving core? Yeah, yeah, John. That's I, saw, I saw an argument yesterday where like Pete Prisco was like, the Alabama receiving core is better than the LSU receiving core. You got it's like, what are you guys even arguing over? They're all six first rounders. They're all fucking badass. I would take them all. When the dust settles, a couple of them are going to be dramatically better than the other three. But at this point in time, you could probably put them in a hat and pick, and you just as likely to get the Hall of Famer as not. You know, I, so if we're nitpicking here, yeah, I mean, is. Is Chase better than Judy? Jefferson better than Devontae Smith? I don't know. They're fucking all ass. I think Devontae Smith went back to school. This this will be for uh, this will be like you said. This will be for Mayock to figure out. Yeah, and I mean that's a, I mean that in all seriousness. Well, yeah, it is. He's got. I saw Vic Tafer tweet. They got ninety one pick or they got five picks in the top ninety one. Hmm. So it's a lot. All right, before we move on to some headlines, John, let's just tell the people this podcast also brought to you by, and we appreciate the support of Upstart. Upstart knows that you are more than just your credit score. That's why you go to upstart.com slash ham when it's time to look for a little bit of help tackling that high-interest credit card debt. Upstart.com slash ham can help. Well, guy, Upstart is the revolutionary leading platform that offers smarter rates to help you pay off high-interest credit card debt. I got credit card debt. I'm sure the Habermans got credit card debt. I'm sure everyone listening has uh, credit card debt. And it's going to make you nervous because the credit card debt you have can be really, really expensive because they're charging you huge interest rates. That's where Upstart comes in. Uh, They make it fast, simple, and easy. The best part, guy, your loan is approved and accepted. Most people get their funds the next business day. And the great part about Upstart is is you're going to be borrowing money at a rate that you're you're already borrowing money, but you're getting a huge rate where you're going to get a lower rate potentially with Upstart. And that's why over 400,000 people have used Upstart to pay off their credit cards and meet their financial goals. Gizzles. See why Upstart is ranked number one in their category. Over 300 businesses on Trustpilot. And hurry to upstart.com slash ham to find out how low your Upstart rate is. Only takes Check a few minutes. Only takes a few that's minutes. That's right. It's not even a script. We just, just both know it. Upstart.com slash ham. We know it. Uh, all right, John, some headlines. Um, what do you want to start? Well, I did think it was interesting on the all-rookie team that Kyler Murray made the team. Now, I know there wasn't, in terms of rookie quarterbacks this year, you know, I don't... Him or Gardner. Yeah, I mean, there really wasn't much competition. But I, I think as we take just kind of a, a, retro, uh, a retrospective on his rookie year, there were a lot of questions. He was a big, you know, talking point. And I think... I don't know. Do you think – here's how I'm thinking about it. Is Kyler's stock higher right now than Baker's was after his rookie year? Uh, no, because I feel like the analytical community thought Baker was like Aaron Rodgers. They did because they put him on all the tiers. I, I think Baker's stock was enormous. 
inflated high. I, I feel Kyler Murray is not inflated because of the team he plays for. Most people didn't watch him. Even though you'd think most people didn't watch Cleveland, I just think we thought more highly of Baker after the season than Kyler. And I, I don't think that's fair, but that's this. That's so Kyler's just more under the radar. I, I have that same feeling, yeah. which is crazy because I thought he'd be such a lightning Part about rod. The, br- the, the Browns br- are just. The, Brown, the Browns are the lightning rod franchise, so I, I think that plays into it. So I, I would go no. You, you could have made an argument. I mean, this guy, don't tell me how I know this, that, but seven-time rookie of the week, Gardner Minshew. Had a pretty Seriously? Good yeah, seven-time rookie of the week. Hmm. Guy, they, I mean, they won like fire. He threw for a lot of fucking I mean, yards. You, you, I didn't really realize that their offensive line was not good. That's, that's uh, boy, that's a, I'd say a strong. Can refl- you name the? Can you, can you name the? Hold number on, one we've already played this game. Jaguars? Well, where did this game come from? What game? This? Can you name the receivers on the Jags? Have we played? Yeah, it? this was something. Was it McCarthy or Vic Fangio? This is some. This came from like Fangio's. I don't this is. I'm having some about. serious deja vu. Can you name the Jags receiver? Somebody out there listening. Sometimes people remember our own podcast better than I do because I'll be like, I'll get like a tweet that's just a comment, and I have no idea what it's in reference to, and it's from like a podcast last week. Yeah, I got no fucking idea. So it's what happens when you just talk a lot. Yeah. Uh, but my my point but I was is just to like, say that's a good reflection of their offensive coordinator. Yeah, he'll bounce back. Um. Anyway, that was my only thought on Kyler and the rookie teams. We talked about Crosby and Greenlaw, but what about uh, it broke during the national championship game? Nick Rolovich, new head coach, Washington State, kind of a Mike Leach. I mean, I don't know if they work together, but disciple, same type mindset, spread offense. Um, you know, I think Rolovich flew out to Key West a couple off seasons ago, or maybe last off season, to spend some time with Leach. So they know yeah, each other to just kind of study up on some air raid. Um, do you think that that helped the transition, you think, for them to isolate and want to get him? You know, him? I don't know if that's why they wanted to get him. I think, obviously, the run and shoot, like, you would think you can hit the ground running with the personnel, the similarities. Um, but, I, you know, they wanted him, uh, other guys in the mix. Alex Grinch did not uh, interview, declined to interview. Um, I know McElwain, they talked to a few guys in Vegas. But I think it's a great— Graham Harrell? Uh, I don't know if they talked to Graham Harrell. Talk to a few guys in Vegas. What well, that's where there? they did the interviews. Like the AD, Pat Chun, did oh, the interviews in Vegas. I got, I got it. And uh, actually cool. took a photo with Rolovich holding the Cougar flag in front of the Raiders stadium. Like saying, like, we're coming. Because that's where the Pac-12 championship game is going to be. Gotcha. That's pretty cool. So, so you're saying that Jim McElwain flew to Vegas? That, I, I, I know he was in the mix. I don't know gotcha. specifically that he did that, but I, my guess is that he did. Um, You and I are big Mac guys, but I do agree that in a perfect world, given the way, I mean, Leach has been there, what, since my last year on the road, which was 2012, was his first year. He's been there a while. Their personnel is not set up to do any other offense but what they do, right? It's pretty important that, like, if you don't do a carryover similar coach, you would have a big regression before maybe you took a yeah, step, yeah. right? Yeah, it would take time. Because they, they, it, it, that recruiting is like, they have recruited specifically for what they're doing. Can you think of a guy that's been the head coach at Hawaii – I mean, June Jones went to SMU, which is not, you know, those are different jobs. Was uh, your guy that passed away, the San Jose State guy, did he coach in Hawaii? Um, Dick Tomey. assistant So there. Dick Tomey went Arizona. Yeah, but I, I'm trying, you're saying, did he go, was he like the Hawaii head coach before Arizona? No. I mean, he eventually okay. went to Hawaii. He lived in Hawaii, so he was on that staff. Don Nelson? 
My point is, John, like so many guys, you know this, like you did recruiting on the West Coast when you were at Fresno State. Everybody wants the the Polynesian guys, right? The American Samoa, the guys off the Hawaiian Islands. So Tommy was the head coach at Hawaii. That's a good call. Before he went to Arizona. So that's a great example. And, and he capitalized on it. Good move. Um, I didn't necessarily know that. I just felt like something Hawaii. Yeah, well, remember, he, after San Jose State, he, he did one year of TV with me, and then he went to, do, to be the special teams coach for uh, McMacken, whatever his name was. Oh, yeah, yeah, And he yeah. lived in Hawaii, so, yeah, good, great knowledge. So he's a, that's a great example. I think you're such a, when you're in such a unique spot when you've been a head coach in Hawaii, it's, in theory, it's a great place, but it's hard to recruit because, like, you just long travel for the players. For their parents, it's tough if you're coming from the mainland. He was the offensive coordinator at San Francisco City College. He's a Northern California guy. You told me you heard him on um, a few years ago with with, with, with Tolbert. Tolbert. He was really went good. to Marin yeah, Catholic, collar drinker, Daly City. You know, underrated part about Hawaii when I went for Thanksgiving is you'd open up a magazine and it would be like Tua with Mariota. Like they've been producing sure. blue chip guys, but he's not getting them right. They're going to Oregon, Bama, Ohio State. They, uh, I know they did just get a. Washington State just signed a quarterback from Hawaii in this last week. Wouldn't you say that's a good. big loss? Turns out who the, uh, Washington State hired, that's a big loss for Hawaii. How do you replace that? You know, guy? he was the first guy to yeah. offer Justin Herbert. And uh, Cloden Slevis. <laughs> he was the second guy to offer Keaton Slovis. But I'd always heard the story. Like, <laughs> Nevada was the first team to offer Herbert, and then Oregon offered, like, the next day. Like, Oregon had been put, like, just waiting for whatever reason. You're saying who offered? He was at Nevada? So. He was the Rolovich was the offensive coordinator at Nevada. Nevada was the first team to offer a scholarship to Justin Herbert, and gotcha. then the second they offered, Oregon swooped in. Basically, gotcha. That's impressive. I saw Bruce. I did, I just kind of scrolled through the tweet fast, but it was like this guy can't evaluate. Look at these three, four quarterbacks. Because Slovis, really, I bet Rolovich was thinking he was his type recruit because he was only like a three. Was Darnold the other guy that he was Colorado State. early on? I think Darnold yeah. was the other guy he was early on. So this guy. That's pretty cool. Yeah, That's I think impressive. it's good hot. People I'm, I'm love him. I mean, I don't know him, but, you know, you and I, just just the league, we we cut our teeth in, John. You just follow teams like Nevada. He was running, he was running the, the pistol early. So, I, I like agree. it. I mean, the Pac-12 North, if we're going to go Pac-12 talk for a second, probably the hottest coaching name in some ways is the guy with the least experience, is the Jimmy Lake, the defensive coordinator, became the head coach at UW. Well, you got Cal's rolling now. You got Shaw's kind of down, but he's still got the best resume. You got our boy E-Ray's boss. Uh, Jonathan Smith. What's his name? He just got a fucking extension. Mario is recruiting like he's in the SEC, and Washington is just a rolling program. We don't know how he'll be as a head coach, but the program is set up to succeed. It's pretty stacked. I mean, Cal, they hired Bill Musgrave, who led – the shittiest franchise beside the Browns over the last 20 years to the playoffs in a dominant offense. Like, let's say that out loud. Bill Musgrave, the Raiders have had one good season since 2002. One. And by four, and really his two years were pretty potent on offense. And it turns out Ken Norton Jr. wasn't as bad as we thought. Right about that. You know, it's aged, it's aged pretty well. So, I mean, that's, that was an impressive hire. We'll see. I was reading uh, an Oregonian mm-hmm. article. They interviewed Doug Nussmeyer. They interviewed this guy, Jorge something, Munoz, a guy that's like a Ben. He was the Raging Cajuns offensive coordinator. He's an analyst right now at LSU. The names were just, I, I didn't know. You're talking about the Oregon OC? 
Yeah, so I, from what I've heard, it's coming down to this guy, Will Hall, who was the OC at Tulane. I don't know a ton about him. But he no, was nothing. also, okay. he, he had been at um, Louisiana. Is that who you're thinking of? He'd been the Raging Cajun, or is this a different guy you're thinking of? No, this guy had a unique, like, Munoz. Oh, okay. So something. I've heard it's Will Hall, Joe Moorhead, and Jed Fish. Gotcha. Jed Fish is the quarterback coach for the Rams Yeah, and right Joe, now. I think, but it, he's been at UCLA. Me, all three, I don't know much about Will Hall. I've heard some good things about him. The easiest one for me, if you hire Joe Moorhead, who was like a, who was just an SEC head coach and had a lot of success at Penn State, like that would be a pretty impressive hire. Yeah, kind of hiring him probably to leave though. Yeah, but right. to me, that's who the SEC hires yeah. to be their OC. That's what Saban yeah. would hire, Joe Moorhead, over Jed Fish. But even though but, Jed Fish has had a pretty yeah, no, year I think Jed Joe, Fish would be a really uh, good Joe, hire John too. Brody. I mean, yeah. I think he'd be a good hire too. I just that's just knows to recruit. He would also also you're right. He would also be an SEC type hire, Jed Fish, right? Yeah. I think either one of those, you can't go wrong. Uh, what else? Astros? Boy, man, I really feel bad for the victims in this story, John. Do you have any take? I don't really have a take. Uh, What's your take? Do I have a take? Yeah, I mean... Actually, I have one. I don't believe that the people... I, I just don't know how Jeff Lunau... How you couldn't have known. Um, did you see Steve Phillips? What did Steve Phillips say? He said, the general manager in the situation is in charge of like, if you want to buy new equipment, it would come through my desk. So for Lunau and, and you're constantly walking, but here's the other, this thing. is the, what you're about like, to you're, say is the part that blows that I would, you're, you're just constantly, this isn't like separation between church and state. It's baseball. It's every day. You're around it nonstop. You make that walk yeah. to where remember in the it was tunnel playoff DVD. And you would have seen something over and over. You would have eventually been like, what is that's going on? Especially with an employee, you would ask something. So for him to act like he has zero blood on his hands is just borderline unrealistic. Like, do you think that the owner knew that it was going on? Because there were oh, games in the middle of the season when they're, yeah, that they, and but, it was just, you fire them, you kind of separate from them. I, I, um, I also think that banging, like a banging that everyone can hear. I think it's easy to dis- if if you do you think players deserve to get well, in trouble it, too. I mean, no? yeah, but it's hard because I do think it's hard because you don't know how. Just knowing and is different. That it's tough, you know. I think you just you go after the ringleader. You go after leadership here. Um, I love the the quote. I I read he did basically say it was Alex Cora leading yeah, the charge. And it, on by this, the time right? this is out, maybe he's supposed to get an even bigger uh, suspension. But I read the seven page commissioner's report. And can I read you, let me go back and find the excerpt. This is actually my favorite part. This part has not gotten uh, the attention I think that it deserves. But before I say that, I was just going to say, when you live in a home over the course of a year, you just you notice sounds that are worth noticing and sounds that aren't. I, I do think if you're just in a baseball stadium every day and there's just like a constant weird banging, you'd be like, what is that? Is that somebody in the crowd banging on something? What is that freaking banging? That's going on all the time. I think a reasonable person in some like th- that's bosses pay attention to every little thing, right? When you're a boss, my my question though is though, guy, was it happening like every series at home? Because how would the other players like it would have became a bigger deal? Like the other players would have. Said I don't something. understand how other teams now. Farquhar figured it out, but he didn't say anything. The White Sox pitcher, he didn't say anything. Um, and I'm shocked that nobody said anything. 
Or there wasn't like fights. Yeah, where people just I, I really like, it, it, stop it surprised this. me. All right, so I I read the this is my favorite part seven page document nine page whatever it was. Who was their lead investigator? Well, this is Rob Manfred's report. This is like his final report. Okay. While no one can dispute that Lunau's baseball operations department is an industry leader in analytics, it's very clear to me that the culture of the department manifesting itself in the way the employees are treated, its relations with other clubs, and its relations with the media and external stakeholders has been very problematic. At least in my view, the baseball operations uh, department's insular culture, one that valued and rewarded results over other considerations, combined with the Astros staff of individuals who lacked direction, oversight, led at least in part to the Brandon Taubman incident. The club's admittedly inappropriate and inaccurate response to that incident, and finally, an environment that allowed the conduct described in this report to have occurred. In other words, like, he's kind of, when you say, so specifically, the way they treated their employees, people with other clubs, the way they dealt with other clubs, the way they dealt with the media, the way they dealt with external stakeholders. I don't know who his external stakeholders are, because he's not talking about the business side. He's only talking about the baseball operations side. Um, but like basically, win at all costs. None of the other. Yeah, you kind of calling everybody. You kind of like this. You get a culture of just kind of jerks. Well, to, to me, do you know what that reads like? Like they're like Goldman Sachs. Yeah, it's just produce, and you can treat everyone like shit. And and that's why I think I tweeted this, and I don't know if there are parallels. When it was the Cardinals guy that stole Lunau's shit, right? That he went after then and got them kicked out of yeah. baseball. Well. It felt like when he left, those guys hated him, right? And they were trying to, like, fuck him. Well, typically to truly hate someone, like, you kind of got to be a bad guy. A lot of people, I think, are just indifferent. You might go, yeah, that guy's a little overrated or whatever. I don't have, like, emotional. Like, it felt like those guys hated him. And I'm just, maybe I'm reaching on this one. And it kind of feels like we talked to him one time, if you remember, at 95.7. He actually came off a little bit better than I assumed he would. He was actually yeah, he cool, was. and it was a pretty good conversation. Uh, but you can't you, that one thing you can fake. I mean, I do it all the time. You do it all the time on what? radio interviews. Uh, I'm just saying it, it is what it is. I don't put much stock anymore into like how you sound in a radio interview. I once cried when I was on the road recruiting. I used to listen to Jim Rome or scouting, and Manti Teo was on Jim Rome and talking about Lene. I remember like emotionally kind of. Drew me. Oh, wow. It's like everything can be a fraud. Because at the time, it was emotionally drawing everyone, guy. I mean, she was had cancer. She died or was dying. It was an incredible story, and it was all fake. I just think that this guy, after that incident, that it was clearly – we talked about it before, the guy that financed the uh, Wolf of Wall Street and his story and the guy that funded J- – uh, Yeah, what was that guy's uh, name? Uh, Whatever, how he had yeah. t- stolen all yeah, the money, the- and then it, like Gold, Goldman Sachs got in yeah. trouble, and then I remember there was conversation that came out like Goldman Sachs, they, they would they would surpass or bypass you know regulations if it could make them money. That's all that mattered. Nothing else mattered, and that's usually the way it is in finance. That's what it kind of sounds like. And who are kind of leading the charge here? Kind of those guys are wired like that. Just it's not a humans. It's all the whole fucking thing is an Excel spreadsheet. So, I get joy, actually, in the guy's failure. Because I, I think it's kind of clear. I know nothing about the assistant GM. that I remember you and I were talking about it, and we Googled him. He kind of looked like a douche. Like, he had the same. Didn't he work on Wall Street? Mm-hmm. Remember? Didn't, so, they kind of have a little douchey feel to him. I, wouldn't you say that, like, when Belichick gets in trouble, 
I think he has the ultimate respect of his industry. Like, I don't think there's anyone in the industry besides, like, Grigson that thinks Belichick isn't the best. So people go, yeah, you can say whatever you want, but he's the best. It doesn't quite feel that way with this guy, right? It feels like this guy... It's, yeah, it's like also I, hard. Like, Bill is the, is the coach. So you know when the Patriots beating you, he's the one that beat you. But I'm just saying, like, the way he does contracts, and he's just everything he does. Like, I... Do you think this guy's well liked? Kind of feels like people hate yeah, him. Yeah, it's. I don't know. I really. I'd never. I don't know. But it doesn't but one feel thing like he's got passing, many people coming to his defense. Yeah, no. One thing Passon wrote was it, that other owners feel like the Astros got off easy. But what could you have done, guy? There's not a lot. You can't find them more than five million dollars. So we find them the max. Can you? Can, can you ban them from the postseason? Well, can you take their World Series away? I would not have done that. But could you do that? But even if you do that, well, does that mean you give it to someone else or just no one wins? You just the World take Series their trophy away. Yeah, you invalidate their. Uh, okay, which I guess to me hurts a lot more than it does like in college football. But what, you think so? Uh, yeah, I think so. When you I think read fa- in college football fans more, are like, you're not in charge of this anyway. I still saw Reggie Bush. When you read that, that owners want them gone, what's the first thing you think of? That? That owners... Like, when owners think it's not harsh oh. enough, like, what were you think? Like, what are they Yeah, thinking? I don't know. Maybe a larger fine? Because at the end of the day, they made 60... Somebody... Maybe it was Ravel, probably. It said, like, the World Series was worth $66 million to them, so a $5 million fine balances out if you're them. Yeah. To me, make it like, I don't know what. I'll tell I, you that's this. what I'm saying. I don't know what. you By the do. way, if you're if so, the reports are that Core is going to get a stronger suspension. If he gets suspended for two years, even if it's one year, is he just going to get fired by the Red Sox? One hundred percent. He's done. They're all done. To me, is the big fellow that's in San Diego right now. Like, well, so there was pretty good. Teams, I know guys. there was a story. <laughs> there we go. There was a story, uh, right? I think. I think. Bochi was intrigued, but ultimately decided uh, he's staying put. Bob Nightingale wrote, Bochi is intrigued by the Astros' managerial opening, but says he still plans on they hitting are, the pause They button. are good. They are pretty good, yeah. right? But. You want to you end with my take of the day? Take of the day? Take, take of, of the week. week? This is a new segment. We'll see if it sticks. Okay. If you see something or I see something that you're just passionate about, that you wouldn't like, we wouldn't have as a topic or anything. I watched this movie the other okay. night, and I know it won some awards. And it, the awards don't mean anything to me. Like I just know a good movie when a good movie happens, right? Like The Irishman, I, I understand that's a, it's a powerful movie. Or Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, it's a really it. good movie. I love that movie. Most people are just kind of. Did you like one movie. more than the other? Good. By the way, it's different because I did. I, I I could see The Irishman. It is long. I watched it for a second time at my house, and you're just on your phone and stuff. Like I was in the plane. I was forced as all I could watch, and I was locked okay. in. So it was, I really enjoyed it. But if you're not this locked in, yeah, it's, it's a little looser in terms of just, it's really long and you can lose focus. Where Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, also a long movie, mm-hmm. right? Two plus hours. I also watched that in the theater and thought it was really good. But I think this movie, for the most part, on my timeline, when it came out, and remember the, the trailer was big and people were like, I can't wait! It was Joaquin, and I'm a big Joaquin Phoenix guy. Love the guy. Johnny Cash, his performance was epic. I thought the Joker sucked, guy. I thought it was boring. I thought it was just stupid. I just didn't like it. And have you seen it? I'll, I'll let no. you finish, and then I'll give you my thought here, because I do have a thought. Can I do? Can we do spoiler alert, or is it just? Uh, you once you say spoiler alert, 
now people can just yeah, stop spoiler, listening and yeah, I don't care. I have not I mean, seen it. Spoiler, you can spoil it for me. I don't care. Spoiler alert. There's one cool scene. Like De Niro's in the movie. He's basically like the letterman. Uh, like he has a, he's like a TV uh-huh. host and this guy's like an up and coming comedian and he makes fun of him cause his video gets out viral and this guy's all fucked up in the head and he shoots him. That, that part's pretty cool. Shoots him in the head on live TV. But the movie I just thought was just, I don't know. It just didn't do much for me. And I, I'm usually, I respect like the craft and just uh, uh, movies don't all have to be like the rock and just nonstop action for me to like it. You know, I liked again, the Irishman that you'd say the action is kind of few and far between like true action of like intense scenes. And I just thought it was a bad movie. And I think maybe I'm, I, I feel like most people liked it. So maybe just cause the theory of the Joker, right? Because what's his name? Heath Ledger, th- that character is powerful. I just didn't like the movie. Um, so I have not seen the movie. And the reason I have not seen the movie is because I don't want to see the movie. I have, I believe, the skill of watching a preview and knowing either A, I want to see it in theaters, B, I'll rent it at home, C, I'll wait till it's free on TV, or D, I have no interest in watching it. The Joker is D, I have no interest in watching it. I just know I wouldn't like I mean, I just wouldn't enjoy it. Too weird. Too, I don't mind weird movies, but just too much. Well, just, eh. Again, it's, it's all rea- it's reality. It's not like fake. You know, I mean, the story might be fake, but it's not like Dungeons right, and Dragons right, or which, anything. You know, I, that's not really my style either, but I might be more inclined to watch that. I, it does nothing for me. I don't want to watch Depressed Joker. It doesn't do anything for me. So if it does something for somebody else, fine. But yeah, man, I, 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 uh, I probably, there's a good chance I will never watch that movie. Although you telling me that he gets shot on TV, actually, that is a pretty intriguing part of the film. That that, that, that scene's cool. That, that scene's I'm good. Not gonna lie. Well, like, have, have you seen? Uh, have you seen? I'm trying to think of the actor. Is it Heath Ledger? No, it's uh, it's what's the guy that played Batman Forever? Uh, American Psycho. Christian Bale. Uh, Christian Bale. Yeah. Have you seen that movie? Which American Psycho? American. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's just to me. That's the level of. That's kind of a depressing movie, right. or whatever. Not really, but it's it's just really good. Like, that to me is like, if you get, that is not, like, that's in a different stratosphere than the Joker. I also think the Joker just kind of disgusting. Like, I just, the character, yeah, just kind of, just, yeah, just kind of, yeah. ugh. You agree American Psycho is yeah. a good movie? Yeah. But that's not as depressing. You know, it's just more like action-filled killing. You know, and fun-loving killing in a weird way. This one, you're right, this, you're, a huge element is a clown and the smile. It's like, gross. this is fucking stupid. Yeah. Who the fucking clown? It's a clown movie. That's gonna be my take of the week. How about, uh, yeah, no, that's it's a good take, John. I gotta think. I gotta. I yeah, like this. This is not like a Stephen A. take or anything. This is like a legitimate thought. This is my thought on this little segment. Is something that you feel like God that disappointed or wow that lived up to the hype. It doesn't even have to be sports. I like that. I feel strongly about that. I support it. Because I, I was I was out on the movie about twenty minutes in. I'm like I regret this. And I you know you paid. Five ninety nine on demand or whatever. So you know what's funny is I talked. This is just an offshoot to follow up. I talked to somebody the other day about like a guy who gets all the movies ahead of time and you know watches them all and whatever. How do you get in that mix? I don't, you know, like I don't know. That mix. <laughs> because I would have loved to get like uncut gems and the gentleman. I, I want to be in that mix. I, I just when I read or like hear something, you got to be in like something. A union. I'm like, you're in a union. That's fucking pretty cool. I would. And what if you don't have a DVD player? Do they are they able to stream it to you? Do you watch it on your iPad? I think they How send does that work? DVDs. Aren't you kind of fascinated by that process? Yeah, I am. I think a lot of union workers get it. So like, but how does like Bill Simmons get it? Because he's gonna have the guy on. 
Yeah, maybe. Like, did Kimmel? you see? Uh, did you see that gentleman, the McConaughey, with all those guys like Hugh Grant? Portnoy had him on the Peach Review, and their movie, The Gentleman's mm. coming out, but he got it early. I think if you can get into like have them on your shows or whatever, they give you the shit. Makes sense. You got to ask them about the movie. You know the way Letterman and those guys. Exactly. Um, so I asked this guy about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and he said, as someone who lived during that situation, like those ki- the Manson killings, it was hard yeah. to watch just because I knew how detached from reality. I couldn't figure out like, is this supposed to be a true story? W- what is this? And so that kind of got in his way. Of a, of enjoying the movie because it didn't, you know, it was just hard if that was if you really lived that reality to like accept. See, I had to go. I had timeline. to. I had to Wikipedia the family and the whole deal after. I didn't know much about it. Did you? I didn't know. I knew. I knew about it. I didn't know enough detail about it to understand. You know, there were. I'm sure there were things that you knew. Those random people went to Hollywood and killed the famous chick. No, I thought she had been kidnapped. I was thinking of somebody else. Yeah, I didn't know. So that. she was like a, supposedly the most beautiful girl in Hollywood. So I, um, you know, so I think if I had known all that stuff ahead of time, I'm, I'm sure there were a lot of little what do they call them? Not nuggets, but little uh, Easter eggs in the film that I would have understood, right? We would if we lived it. Um, but I, I love when, when the chicks with the one director that's kind of ugly and he's super famous, you know, at the Playboy Mansion. I had to Google that oh, guy. Yeah. You know, and it was like, ah, this guy was a power. Broker. I just thought I thought the movie was phenomenal. I just I loved it. Like I've I never rewatch things that aren't com. I rarely rewatch things that aren't comedies unless they're on TV. But I won't just yeah. like click on a non. I mean, sometimes I do. But that movie, I found myself wanting to rewatch. I haven't, but I will. I'm sure. I might I, too. I thought it was awesome. So, Godspeed. Good take of the week, John. Midday Thank take you. of the week. All right. I take. I'm gonna take pride and uh, see if we can keep this going uh, yeah, for a okay. week or two. Later. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16 ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% lean ground sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca Cola, Pepsi, or 7 Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.